You are listening to Thursday Nights Season 4, Episode 68. It is a peculiar sort of happenstance when one's childhood fantasies become the truth, or become the truth laid bare before you. I am no longer the warden of a prison. My charge is bound tightly, put to use, and I marvel at what has become of it. It was my family's greatest wish that some good might come from this evil and the sacrifices we made to contain it. And here we are, flying, though not in the Genasi sense of the word, I must note. I have taken up the task of making a log of my journeys as they unfold before me, <laughs> both for myself and for the monolith of history, that it might remember events as they occurred from the one who lived it, from one who lived it. That is to say, and I admit no direct evidence of this, what has happened thus far with the elemental tempest feels but part of some greater, more significant tapestry being woven before me, similar perhaps to the magic of the weave, but with fate itself the interconnectedness of all things. It is only a feeling, of course, but I have learned to trust my instincts. Thus far, I have found myself in the company of giants, though only one qualifies as the literal sort, but stature aside, they tower above all others in our path. They bear a certain weight of importance as their path has led them through dangers unimaginable by most they meet, and it is good work they do. I sense the impact will reach well beyond the scope of their personal goals. If there is some greater conspiracy guiding them, I wonder where the threads connect. How is it that we are free to leave Silvery Moon at all, but for the good fortune of an elven token? The incident with the Swamp Elves was unexpected, as Drusen has explained to me, that they did not seek it out themselves, but were rather thrust into the mess by happenstance alone. Happenstance, as if such things simply happen. I do not know if they have a sense of this as I do, but I cannot dismiss this as coincidence. No sane man could, given the grand scale of events thus far. And the scope is widening by all accounts, yet what vision forms from these myriad threads remains to be seen. From the first entry in the Journal of Essen. Are we doing a holistic here? <laughs> Someone reading this in the distant future in a reliquary. This is <laughs> This is Eric talking. <laughs> are we doing holistic? That's awesome. You are. That's a purple drink. Awesome. That's a purple drink. In the air. Yeah. In the air balloon. The. Oh, what's the name of it? The Lux. The, the as of yet unnamed experimental craft. The Lux is so much more efficient. The Lux is what it is right now. Uh, until someone renames it. That's what was on the carriage shell oh, yeah. that she used. Yeah, that was. It says like, Lux. Melted. It says Lux above and the door. It's kind and of it's... a gaudy kind of like. Yeah. It's like not high end, but it's like supposed to be. It's basically like a clubbing, a yeah. clubbing limo. <laughs> with some <laughs> some officials side. With some officials love shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, yeah. there used to be a bedroom in there. So was this? It's a party wagon. Is this a party repurposed wagon. airship? Carriage? The carriage, as Balanos explained to you, you bought yourself some more time after you turned the elven token into the bureaucrat. He was 
divided only between this his loyalty divided between his loyalties his city his race and his city and uh, but the the power not the power that's the wrong word the sanctity of, yeah. of this elven token is um, it trumped and um, you were the the documents the partially filled out documents to be given to the silvery moon government now sit on a counter uh, in your air balloon, unsigned. I like the idea that though the swamp elves now are trying to isolate it and almost extinct, long, oh, long, long, long ago, there was a time when Silvery Moon, when maybe it was even newly established, was almost in danger of being wiped out, and the swamp elves are the ones who saved it yeah. and then retreated to their swamp. But the importance of that has been passed down generation to generation so that a swamp elf token of loyalty and fealty. The it's neighboring so powers. powerful. Yeah. It's a guilt trip. So uh, ba- Balanos did explain uh, in your short time, you were still asked to leave post-haste for <coughs> any amount of time that you left there now became a, a risk, an undue risk to... Um, you can give us a favor by giving us an hour. We got no, no longer welcome. Exactly. No, no longer welcome here, but... Like go but get I, me. The, but I don't know how you're. Go leaving. get those guys. Ah, oh, they already skipped town. All right. Well, if they ever show their faces again, it turned into that kind of thing. Yep. So, uh, your now undocumented airship's carriage um, is uh, was purchased, you know, by the city of Silvermoon, technically, but through Balanos, uh, from some sort of broken down old uh, land carriage, like a large land carriage, too large for its own good. Like you look at it and you're like, wow, you, someone put wheels on this and like pulled it with horses, like some. Ridiculous goose of carriages. Yes. I mean, some to be ridiculous clarified, this was a two-story carriage. Yes, and some <laughs> some absurd. This is a story told throughout any rich region of the world has these figures. You're like, yeah, that, that debutante went and like, commissioned this fucking thing, and the engineers told them it was a stupid idea, but they built it anyway. And eventually, it broke down. It's and like ended real estate. Like the, the, the crazier the property you're buying, the better deal you get for it. Yeah, it's just like. You never get market value for something as dumb as this. Yeah. It's about a so that's where years. that's where it came from, and repurposed, yeah. uh, repurposed and attached to this uh, this engine. So to she, speak. just to be totally clear, I think this is clear. She did not come with us. No, no way. Right? right. No. Right. Not at all. No, not no way. Did she uh, I know how. We were leaving, or did she just? She said, like, "Let me know how it works." You get the hell out of here, so I can Bye. figure out how good I am at this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, hurry up and get some data. So aboard, yeah. aboard the Lux, as it uh, uh, as as the group has hesitantly begun to refer to it as, for it is plastered there above the door, gaudy gilded letters, in gaudy gilded <laughs> letters, sky blue field. Uh, uh, is Druston, Oilvane, Bairn, Bearjaw, Mock, Scrimcorn, Aurora, Essen, and your captain Grumbar. Captain Grumbar. The first several days um, are spent really trying to understand how this thing works and its limitations. Uh, on the first night, or, or uh, the first day, Grumbar insists on uh, on setting down after only uh, a few hours of travel and, and camping for the night, saying that uh, a cautious captain is a living captain. And uh, and says uh, you know it says before we understand how it works what its limitations are who knows when it's going to drop out of the sky 
Uh, encouraged by the others to like, let's make good time, put a lot of work into this, like it can go. Uh, push it a little further, but then it does fall out of the sky. Uh, not so much as to cause damage, but a little alarmingly. And it takes a few more days of, uh, of sort of like figuring this out to realize that the, the energy of the, uh, of the Storm Tempest, as Essen is, Essen has been spending all his time in the, are we just going to call it the engine room? Uh, yeah, like, it just seems like balance was, from all observations, she didn't employ anyone who would be the kind of person to put, like, comments or notes or create, like, a user's manual oh, no, no, no. of any sort. And Grumbar, the captain, showed up, like, the day before we left. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Essen figures out that there, there's a limit to how much energy this this, this uh, elemental can put out through this, and he says that the elemental is being strained through this device. It's uh, um, like literally like not through a strainer. I call like the turbine. He's being titrated. I wasn't being the smartass. I was really trying to no. I realized after I said it that that was the more likely interpretation. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. But he is also actually a bit being strained through strings to get to the balloon. And um, I mean, I figured the big wicker mask was basically a garlic press. It was like you just squeeze him, and then and then you know. And then force. Well, Essence' current interpretation of what is going on for it is all just interpretations. Is not far from this Uh, that the that the if the elemental were off on its own, it could tear across the continent, uh, you know, uh, uh, way faster. But it's it's having to operate, you know, it's being forced, it's being prodded. It's like it's a not creature a in a cage. This is a vacuum tube. This is the Gen 1 mo- prototype of using an elemental evil to create energy that's purposeful. Yeah, this so the amount, of, tool. the amount of energy <laughs> waste from what the elemental is putting out to uh, how much is actually yeah. applied to propulsion, yeah. if you want to put it. 1% engineering the wheels terms. of the car, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and he believes that it's essentially running out of, uh, of stamina. Uh, and, and it can fly as it takes a few days of zeroing in on it for about 12 hours out of the day before it uh, starts to descend on its own and then rapidly descend if you try to push it further. Um, Grumbar talks about how, you know, there still could be different properties of pushing it, how, or, or Grumbar and Essen spend all day talking. Uh, there's the risks in, of, of, of certain actions, right? Grumbar finds that there's not a lot to do during the travel, uh, because you he, he uses the control panel and he pushes the direction to make the wind go, and then suddenly you've got the wind. And, you know, he's, uh, he's raising it up and down, which works much like his balloon, except instead of rotating a thing, but he still, you know, moves some levers and such, and you can change your altitude, but other than that, it's not much for him to do. He's not having to carefully watch the wind and stuff. Is he? But but is he trying to like preserve the like the benefits of the of the, of the self-generated wind? Does he ever? Does he ever leverage natural winds if we have the tailwind with us? Or like? I mean, when you ask him about, it, I mean, it's of course he is. Of course, like, is. yeah, it's all. He says it's all additive. Yeah. Uh, and um, he's an artist in his own right. Yeah. So he, he spends, but he finds that it's. He, he, it's easy to just become complacent and let it take you where it's gonna go, cause we'll get there anyway. He says, a turtle must be vigilant and not become soft. And then he knocks turtle, his shell and goes, knock, knock, knock. Turtle vigilance? Yeah. And uh, the balloon <laughs> itself, the, the ship itself, is two huge balloons. Two balloons, guys. Two very large balloons. Not two. one. But two. Two balloons. One in front and ahead of the carriage that you are in, and one behind as the wind is blowing against them and carrying 
And and yeah, it, you find that it actually it does rock back and forth a bit like a hammock, for it's only connected by these two connecting points, and it gets a little bit of a of a hammock motion. Uh, we gotta get our sea legs going on. Yeah, yeah I gotta get the sea legs going on. That that's a real thing. And um, and this carriage is you know it's two stories. It's 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 twenty feet in diameter, maybe thirty feet in diameter, uh, maybe somewhere twenty five feet in diameter. Let's say yeah. uh, in this in this general uh, uh, carriage area, you can. You can see the adornments that were that this is from like a debutante like commission this thing. Much of the the fanciness has been stripped away. Like any gold inlay, any of the stuff that was probably once in it, it was clearly stripped Things before it ended could, up like, in a scrap pile. Repurposed, right? Yeah. Like, what was left was the wooden like frame and the functional part of it. And like the gaudy velour on like the seats, right? That's like abused and like fraying, I would imagine. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it it takes it doesn't those of you with a more, you know, eye for the craftsmanship, you can see that there is there's some real craftsmanship in this thing. The fact that it ended up, you know, broken down and tossed into a heap and it's still usable and steady uh, speaks to its uh, solid construction. You know, whoever this royal was, whoever this noble was that commissioned this thing. when they started this project. They had money and they paid for good engineers, yeah. is, is what you can see. Like, it was designed by good engineers. It was probably the best they could do given the... Given the direction that was given to them, but hey, it makes a really good. I want a big one. <laughs> yeah, I want a big one. I want the biggest one. Bigger than that, not big enough. Bigger big than enough. that one in our field. It off. probably like got scraped on a tree because the roads aren't made to yeah. fit something so wide, and it just didn't fit for normal paths like, like, of travel. Wow. Like the wheels themselves, like it's not good wheel technology. Just stuck in the mud somewhere and like, yeah. just abandoned. It's three miles away from home. Like you can take this home. Well, get it next after winter's over. A terrible carriage a great airship uh, <laughs> absolutely show. What, so what color is it is it painted or is it just wood color um the 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 what paint i heard a sky blue that's a sky blue field with gilded lux written on it yeah so it's the paint is uh uh the paint is not well maintained but not decrepit not not like super falling apart but it could definitely use some time. weathered it's weathered um, uh, Balanos didn't seem to put that as much of a, a, a focus priority, on this right? thing, a priority on this thing. You get the feeling that Balanos hands like pretty raw designs the Silvery Moon. She's a function and, of reform type of gal. Yeah, she makes the airship function. So, yeah. and uh, and yeah, you find yourselves, you know, several days to the east. Um, this thing can move at a at a at a fairly decent pace, a bit faster than a horse at average speed. Yet it can go for twelve hours in a day. Um, gaining you uh, a lot more speed. Not, not a bit work. faster. Let me, let me, I had uh, tables. It seems floor. like it's not big enough for us to all sleep in in the evening. Close. But like, it'd be uncomfortable. Use the engine room for sure. Good. Yeah, it could. It could have been. But it's tight. But it's tight. So I would imagine some people inside, some people outside every night. I mean, if it's as big as this room, and there's that many people there, how many, how many, how many? I will add that Mock, somewhat insensitively, occupied yeah, nine an entire people. corner of the engine room to set up his workstation. It'd be cozy. Yeah. Which Drew's is, got a tent somewhere. Yeah, Drew's got a tent. Like, Mock didn't really ask, he just kind of like, I mean, he went, He was courteous enough to go to the engine room where like, it's more like business and kind of like, you know, gadgetry, but he did just kind of like, set up his shop and oh, maybe yeah. that's not like proportionally what he's owed, but he kind of staked his claim. How does, uh... The engine room is downstairs. How is it piloted? Can you like see out of the balloon when you're messing with the wind stuff? Uh, oh yeah, well, no, when you're up top, it's all it's all windows. The, that's that's much he like pilots it from up top. Oh, the knobs and the controls are all yeah. on the. Oh, it's all up top. Yeah, and that's much like the, the the inspiration picture, right? It's all glass. Okay. 
Gotcha. So there's really only reason to go down below and, and if you want to mess with the, the workings. The compass room is used for unleashing various winds. Okay. What do you do? Just like turn it to the direction you want to go, or you like push a switch? I was like almost a picturing like little Super like cool wooden keys that he turns to unleash at various amounts. That great center is describing like the the yes. branches connected. It's a down bunch the of it's a bunch of uh, yeah wooden. It's a bunch of uh, uh, wooden, like, yeah, kind of like key handles, yeah. like, like, uh, uh, what do you call that when it comes out in, like, old-style keys that had a really big base, like yeah. a, a feathered base? So it's got, like, those, like, several of them for each of the wind directions, and as, All those. And as Grumbar turns them, the wind starts moving in that direction. If you turn two of them, it sort of goes in between those two directions. If you turn two on the opposite side, it starts making a groaning noise and, uh, uh, and maybe a bit of a scream, and Grumbar's not tried that a second time yet. Um, and I think it's literally called a key handle. I like the idea too that like in the middle of it is like a little symbol for each kind of wind. That's super. Yes, carved super into the wood, like like the big brass fix, yeah. uh, fixtures. Yeah. Um, yep. I think it is just called a key handle. I think you're right. That makes sense. Thrashes. Yeah, you know, I was thinking like 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 like, lips. like something like these, no, right? Like, like big sort of yes, exactly. flourish, flourish key handles, things like that. Um, That's really cool, man. So it's got those, and it's yeah for each for each of the uh, the, the the directions. It's probably they look like key handles because they probably were. Yeah. Yeah. And just like like keys existed before like handles really needed to be made, and then as indoor plumbing and like all these levers and mechanical things happen, they're like, what do we make it look like? Well, we have keys, like. So there is. Let's um. Well, once we get the players back at the table, um, let's get a little uh, description of what people have been doing these past several days. It's yeah. been it's been a, let's let's call it a week. It's been a ten day uh, uh, of travel. Um, and how long do we think the travel is going to go on for total until we reach time master? Months. Months. Okay. Yeah. So just. Uh, and so we're aiming towards Skyclave, right? Yes, although straight to Skyclave would take you significant travel over the Sea of Fallen Stars, so I assume you're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, Which is dangerous and uh, not really We'd have to land. We'd have yeah. to land. <clears throat> so the question is, north or south? if we're pitching it, do we want to go north. north and down, or do we want to go south and over? I always assumed you were going south because it's a way less distance to go south. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. You, just, you have to go around a lot more of those... Uh, those water bits. Crossing through the territory of our golden dwarf cousins. The main thing is that end. You kind of have to go pretty wide around to get the skyclaving down here. It's easier. And this is where you research those more dwarfs. I like south. Okay. I like south. When, when, when Baron did his research of what dwarves could meet along the way, this was more promising for dwarves. Okay. <laughs> gold dwarfs are sorry. Never mind. Just go. I like it. So okay. our initial path is south. <laughs> And we plan to cross the ocean here. I mean, that's what, like, that's actually a pretty wide little section looking at the thing. That's like, what, 20 miles? Well, we, we have to make sure we can do it in a single jaunt. Yeah. We have to put down every night. So either, that, either we, that's not 20 miles, it's 120 yeah, miles. Yeah, so either, either we... I, I know, so I'm trying to eyeball, like, what this is. That's probably more like 60. That's like half of that, what do you think? That's Crossing most, a finger that's that? most of that where you... Either we have to land yeah. on Prisp... Or we have to cross Let's like on here at this yeah. kind of like, and like we have to go uh, around. Uh, uh, but hang on, uh, you, uh, I, you guys aren't even 
close to there. Silvery yeah, we're, Moon. Oh, we're way over. We're further yeah. west. Silvery Moon is like way we're up not here. Even, we're for sure not even close. We're just thinking about our route. Yeah, we're just head south. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't see why you're here at all. You're going. You're going. Yeah, let's get southeast. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we can go around. Yeah. That is Silvery Moon, right? Yeah. 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 So you're here. So. Mascar is here. Oh, okay. Skyclave is the capital. It's right there. And that's where the portal is. Mascar is somewhere in the Underdark over here. Somewhere under Thay-ish area. But unknown exactly where. Perfect. So do we want to do a round the table what you're doing for 10 days? Well, yeah, so it's it's 10 days, um, and the distance that you can uh, travel, it, it meets a bit of the... The same mechanics of um, the same mechanics of overland travel, which is you can push it, but it's, it comes at penalties. I don't exactly know what those penalties are, but uh, you know, Shame. but uh, uh, thirty miles per day is the is how far you can go on foot and on horseback. Turns out it's the same. That's the same in real life as we did research. One of the many cool things you used to learn doing Thursday nights. Yeah, you're like, oh, Kinda you like can't actually travel for faster over the course of weeks <laughs> yeah. on horseback than you can on foot. That was a fascinating one. It's just more pleasant. And how dangerous wolves that that You can carry a lot more. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Wolves, so very dangerous. Yeah, how dangerous wolves are, which is to say. <laughs> um, so yeah, so what, what, on so a very what, small scale. What's the, da- what's the daily... Oh. Yeah, so um, you uh, can go. Uh, you can uh, go double that. Sixty, great. So uh, you can get sixty miles per day uh, on the airship, uh, traveling safely. Yeah. Someone writing that down. Do you want to talk about possible penalties, or is that something we'll revisit uh, later time? Well, I feel like we're not in a rush. We're not in a rush. There is. We made a need significant. A rush. Other thing that we'll talk about after you talk about these first 10 days. Perfect. Oh boy. Uh, Balno said it last week, but I don't know if how many people caught it. Do we have any jobs? Good fun in a volcano? If, no, she said something if very she said explicitly. It in the last 15 minutes, I did. Definitely she did say it in the last 15 minutes. Um, did we. Uh, are there any jobs that need to be done on the ship other than Essen in the engine room? And. There is bar piloting. There is a lot of um, fixing up that we get done to this thing. I mean, it's like there's some yeah, Baron definitely is like his dwarven sensibilities see this place in terrible condition. And while he's no master carpenter by any stretch of the imagination, he does what he can to like make get first get familiar it's with the place. Behavior. Like, okay, what are all the cupboards and doors and openings? And like, he tries to get a good feel for what this place is like after being on it for a day or so. Baron is a very orderly person. Yeah. And uh, and so then he's like starts, uh, I don't know, at least just sweeping up. Uh, we probably left a hurry. Do we even have a broom? Yes. We have a broom. We have, we have one broom with a shop. Perfect. I can't. I can't. Okay, a shop. I would like the cherries. All right. Uh, so just before we describe what's going around, there's like apparently not terribly easy to hard yeah. but I want that one. Hang on, hang on. Put, put that back in Sam's drink. I didn't Thank know you. Sam was going for that. I thought yes. he was trying to get some for you. No, no I got my own one for me. So there's I'll, maintenance. I'll get You'll get it. Okay. Are there any other jobs Sorry. that are required? So there's maintenance of the overall thing, and there's a lot to learn about how yeah. this works. Balanos gave instructions like of how the control panel is meant to work. Balanos. 
in retrospect, perhaps had no idea how long it can fly in the day, how fast it will go, or anything. It never um, tested it. Not she, once. she had never done anything with it. She, it's completely experimental. Like this will probably work. I expect. Can't believe um, you got taken by her shenanigans. On, need one more. And uh, rough. Yeah, and so that, there's a lot to like help study about that. It's what Essen is spending his whole days doing when he's not writing. Essen's so cool. That was a good hire. Well, I guess. Um, okay. And he thinks we're cool. So who's ready to describe their downtime? Or their Who's going first? Mock's going first. Mock's going first. The mock has. Mock's goal is to uninterrupt the work that he'd already begun. He found himself with a with a terrific resource for establishing the kind of workshop that he needs for not just forwarding his understanding of arcane crafting, but also the, the kind of the, the fundamental kind of makeup for the jewel crafting and next level types of production that he wants. And so for, for him to be able to just set up shop and get right back to work, it's, it's ideal for him. All of a sudden, for the first time in months, he doesn't have like people harrying him he doesn't have people. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't have errands to run. At the end, at the at the end of the day, we all know Mock is a fairly selfish dwarf, <laughs> and so like it's like cool. Now I'm in a very simple world where I can just focus on my crafting, but <clears throat> that translates into a few maybe uncharacteristic trade-offs for Mock. You have Aurora, who he has conscripted, I think is a fair word, into. I think she'd use that word. Yeah, I think it's a word. Yeah, into jewel crafting <laughs> with him in the evenings. However, he has created a trade-off whereby he is providing her some martial training in the morning. And that very first morning when she wakes up early after talking about it the night before for that, that, that rousing session of sparring and, and sword work. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. He finds, she finds Mock with his leather apron on saying, what the hell are you doing with that sword in your hand? You're not ready to swing that thing? And immediately takes her to the forge, where he begins showing her how to make weapons. And he's like, oh, you didn't know how to make a dagger? That's shameful. There's no way I'll, I'll teach you any sort of any sort of uh, uh, sword oh. play without being able to make one first. And so they begin the fundamentals of metalworking oh and some basic smithing studies that she never got under her father only because he was a jewel crafter by trade. And without that dwarven community, which would surely have provided her a broader fundamentals in crafting, yeah, she she's she's kind of starting from ground zero. So they start making some basic weapons and doing some 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 basic smithing in the morning as part of the martial training that she wants in exchange for more conscripted jewel crafting in the evenings. And then during the day, it's box own projects uh, in combination with uh, supporting the general labors of the ship. Quick 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 question to the DM about yes. that. Um, what's Aurora's response to that as far as, like, how does she respond to getting really excited about gonna go learn how to fight and then being immediately thrust into the fundamentals of how to make a sword? Like, is she like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna just buckle down and do it? Or does she write, like, really angsty, like, notes in her journal? Aurora is... Like, where is she on the spectrum there? Aurora's she's easily, like a teenager, Aurora's right? easily in a honeymoon phase right now, oh, right? She's, she's on this air balloon. She's camp, She's setting up camp and breaking camp every night and every morning. She's a groupie for her she's, favorite band. She's taking a guard <laughs> shift when you set up camp in the evening. The worst like, guard shift. There's a lot of her hours in the day that are 
being adventurer. This it's, is being an adventurer. It's a compare and contrast. Compare yeah. now to her previous life. And Mock, this doesn't feel like a bait and switch to her. Mock had her do this junk crafting thing, and he said, if you're going to come along, you're going to help me with this stuff. And she had time to mentally prepare for that. Now, like you said, she is a, sort of the equivalent of a teenage uh, uh, a teenage girl. Perhaps that bright-eyed, bushy-tailed sort of like enthusiasm to be like, yeah, I'll do whatever. Like, I'm a part of this. This is awesome. May fade over time. Well, only time will see. Only time will tell. On that only fashion. time will tell. But for it, now, it she's how taking it all with, with a fair yeah. amount of enthusiasm. Uh, for both of you. And, and I assume Mock's not working her to death throughout the like 12 hours no, on the ship. Mock is being Mock. Mock is a pretty straightforward, unless he's negotiating for something he wants. Yes. He's a pretty straight up guy. And, and, yeah. Mock, and Aurora's on his good side. She's on the inside now, officially. And so he's like, you want to learn to fight? This is honestly this the way it. that dwarves do it. This is how we're going to do it. It's honestly a shame that this hasn't happened before, but don't worry. I have your back. Let's do this. Yeah, of all the people in the group, Mock is the, actually the only He's one the most. that gave her a, a, a trial to complete before he would let there, so... Hey, I did have her attack me. Uh, that is true. Which is their just way of doing it, but from an outsider, that's not as obvious as the way. <laughs> not yes, that, That's true, that's not true, but, thing. but, but I think it's a good that. point that Mock... Mock's, uh, like you no said, she is not. That. She is not here where Mock's like. Well, you know, I was sort of had hesitation, but everyone else said it was okay. So, yeah. you know, I, I I'm going with my group. Sounds great. It was not. Mock was basically the first one to say, "You have my stamp of approval." Sure. What about the rest of you? And everyone you need else is like, "We already agree. We already." Mock's so, like, "All right, you guys do things the way you do it. I'm gonna do things the way that I do them. You know, <laughs> the proper yeah. way." <laughs> yeah. All right. Mm. Who, who's ready next? Drewston. So, uh, for the first few days, Drewston's working on preparing his next reliquary. He bought some jade dust while he was walking around buying wizarding supplies, and he makes his little copper coins into magic mouths, um, and he is preparing a reliquary that I'll link you guys to, of, uh, <clears throat> of creatures of the realms above and below. <laughs> He has a drawing of the Elder Air Elemental. Each magic mouth gets to be 25 words, because that's just the rule in magic, apparently. That's the rule. Yeah. That's how much energy it takes. Every so what? It Every, each magic mouth gets to say 25 words. Oh, gotcha. The, like, message. Wait, that's actually in the mechanics? Yeah. Wow. So it's just uh, get used to communicating yeah. 25 words at a time. It's, uh, actually, Their it's poetry is quite poetry. concise. Yeah. Most yes. wizards don't get high enough level to get any better than that. So it really is probably a very common wizard. The sonnets of the curmudgeon. Yeah. <laughs> the magic mouse come pre-programmed with cookie, cookie, yeah, cookie. Yeah, cookie, cookie, cookie. Right. Erase. So he has a drawing of the elder air elemental that he records. So that it speaks in a more wizardly voice than he has. Uh, hi, above What's Tempest. What's a wizardly voice? Above Tempest Is it Lake. Dorted Dresden? No, no, it's Houston putting on a voice. Hi above <laughs> the Tempest Lake. This older air elemental was kept trapped in a prison of clouds. A long line of Genasi Arcanists served as prison masters. <laughs> then he has the fire snake charcoal that he has from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Remains <laughs> of dangerous fire snakes that nest in the hidden depths of the earth. These smoldering serpents tunnel through stone and reside in underground ruins. 
then he has his extract of trundling. So you're walking sex. over to the oh. to the exhibit and you press the button. You and then... go near it, and then the little penny <laughs> speaks to you. Lights up. It's like uh-huh. Troll Icar from yeah. the movie Troll Hunter. <laughs> the nauseating odor of a troglodyte can cause prey or predator to weaken on first sniff. Take heed the smell. I think her nose so waft. Say no. Please waft carefully. Waft carefully. Uh, waft responsibly. That takes not but a day. And then uh, in the evenings, you said that we... Do they put down the, the ship in the evenings? Yes. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. Actually, it's only, like, it, is, it, is, it is incapable of flying... Um, through the night. Yeah, you might be able to evening, tweak that. Who knows? Uh, he walks down to Essen in the oh, Essen. turbine room. Um, are we just going engine, engine room? room? Are we just saying well, I'm just going to call it engine room. We'll get there yeah. if you want to change it. Uh, I'm calling it engineering. Says, uh, yeah, take, take, take initiative take or hold your peace. <laughs> he brings down some freshly brewed tea, which he is going to brew because he's proficient in brewery supplies. And he says, Essen, uh, I've been much impressed with your knowledge of uh, the arcane arts. I remember you talking about Grieve. I was wondering, in the evenings when the Tempest is getting into rest, would you nay be opposed to uh, serving as a teacher to a, a pupil such as myself? He says, oh, what am I here for if not for that? Oh, I'd much appreciate it. All my learning about the arcane arts has come through simply exploration of old ruins and dungeons and such. I've never had a proper teacher. He says, I do not see what we uh, have as student and teacher, young Drusten. He says, I... I... For all of my learnings come from books and knowledge passed down from my ancestors, and not a single bit from ruins or exploration. He says, I have a feeling you have as much to teach me as I to teach you. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, And he gives him a a cup of tea and clinks it, and he's going to start training in Arcana. Through the downtime training rules. Finally, someone has. Downtime training rules? Tell me about them. So, training, you were going to do this until you got the belt that just taught you dwarven. And then. Yeah. Are you talking about the ones from uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything? No, just normal ones. Uh, in Player's Handbook, you can spend time between adventures learning a new language or training with a set of tools. Oh, wait, language and tools. I was about to, oh, I was about to say, I read all those rules today because I'm going to be talking about them in a moment, oh, and it is man. language and tools, unfortunately. Well, can I find However, no, go, go, go ahead. Okay. What you're doing is you're trying to learn from it. Yeah, so basically, go with that. We'll see how he wants to serve. When he was talking about the weave and all this stuff, this was just so outside. Of Drusen's knowledge of magic, he knows a lot more about eel horns. Yeah, he knows practical, not just theoretical. Yeah, and my knowledge about eel horns. Most of, I mean, he's like the Indiana Jones of wizards. Like, he his knowledge of this stuff is like, oh yeah, if you open up that arc, a bunch of ghosts will come out and melt your face. I don't really know why. <laughs> the Jones but it's pretty reliable. Snakes. Exactly right. Yeah, so it's not it that he's, he's he using these that. artifacts because 
he has studied the arcane weave, knows how to pull it out of them. It's more like he has been drawn to ruins and through walking around these magical areas, just kind of rubbed off on him. And the ruins want to be expressed through him. He did what to the ruins? Yeah. The ruins want to be expressed through him. And so he's able to use the artifacts. He knows other people couldn't get those artifacts and use it. But he also knows that without the artifacts, he would be limited to, like, cantrips. Uh, and so, and what he learned from scrolls. Um, and so he, when he heard about the weave, he was eager to learn more, especially so that he can help his cousin Mach with his studies. Yeah. And he's also got uh, Arundel's journals, so he brings those out as well. So, Greg, there is a way to be trained in Arcana. I'd love to figure that out. I mean, yeah. I mean, spend spend the time doing it. We'll oh, see. Yeah. We'll see how it affects your. So, uh, the unless you need the mechanical incentive no. for the narrative, but I don't no. feel like you do. No, but I'll just mark how many days yeah. that he yeah. trains for. So, each evening he goes down to Essen and they share tea and talk and have lessons about the weave, and he talks about the dungeons he's seen and stuff like that. Yeah, he has much to learn. I mean, he, he wants to hear about, you know, uh, fighting things and, oh, yeah. and, and using fighting his things. spells in a, in a practical manner. Like, the the panic use of these things is very, very different from what he does. Wait, you use multiple bridgestones in a line? Yes. Like a lily pad. Uh, who is ready to go next? I think I have an idea. So, Baron... Over the course of this week, uh, the first part is um, getting familiar with the ship, and uh, and so that just sort of becomes a project. Most of the, during the day, he's like, when we touch down at night, he's like looking for. He's not that handy with wood, quite frankly. If you asked him to, to knock up a stone wall, he could probably do that without too much effort. He's done that before. Wood is sort of a different There's thing no for mortar. him. There's no mortar. It expands and contracts. So he, he's really not quite sure on there. He's he's trying to get pointers from Scrimcorn about how he does this, but he's he's doing the best he can to try and you know look for any weaknesses in this thing or repairs and all that stuff. So that's kind of his general project as this thing is going along, just sort of tending to that. And then uh, I mean, his mornings are, are as they usually are. You know, he spends it in uh, in his prayers to Morden. Um, you know. And uh, studying the various, you know, the, the, the lore and the, the prayers and, and whatnot, and uh, and the dogma of Morden, and um, and then a lot of times during the day he's kind of just making sure everybody else is doing well, like he's he's checking up on on Mock and Aurora, you know, seeing your project, what are you working on now, kind of sitting there and observing a little bit while he's sort of giving her the once over. He's he, he's he's trained like he was trained in dwarven hold. Let's be honest. Mock had the conversation with Baird about getting free labor from Aurora. Yeah, that conversation definitely did happen, and it was like, well, what are you getting? What is she getting back from you? Because she's her, her joining us really doesn't happen. She's she's taking care of herself. She's paying her own way. I don't quite understand this sort of just sort of Shanghai her into your <laughs> budding she's gem. She's not apprentice, and I'm like, he's like, no, well, no, you're not paying her. You're not promising to train her. He just said, I'll give you give me free labor in order to come along. Mock says. All right then, I'll teach you the blade, and storms off. <laughs> yeah, um, and also whatever. Keeping these above board with Moss, yeah. you know, um, more mercantile sensibilities. Uh, watching on as Drustin is working with Essen, and a lot of it is not really kind of in his wheelhouse. 
he can appreciate. I mean, there's a little bit of overlap between the arcane and the divine, uh, but is there? He's just pleased that that Drustin is, you know, pursuing his craft. It just feels right. More than more than wants people to make the best use out of their talents, you know, especially dwarves, because we are his creations, and uh, it would be a shame if we went to waste. Yeah. So, um, and in that sense, bear job. Sort of the friend of the dwarves, you know. Uh, Literally, like friend of dwarves. That's been a, that's like friend a title. Of the that's like a title. He offers is, you tips on uh, on beard beer care if you're interested in maintaining these whiskers. Occasionally, it happens. Occasionally, she wakes up and she's got full beard, and she's like, has no idea. How and it there's you know discussion. He's like, you know, I I I do. I mean, I'd have, my wife would know how to do this better about how to shave, but uh, but I can. I know a couple a of female pointers. beard. You mean right? Exactly. A There's like, gender lines that are drawn. They're very clear. Tradition, fashion, so, so different holds have different fashions, and quite frankly, they change from decade to decade, so, uh, as it does. And so you can keep it, you can shape it, you can shave it off. It's really up to your preference. There's not really a right way or wrong way to experiment. But, uh, you know, I can show we you how to use a razor. Do, as a child. <laughs> can show you a razor and the ins and outs of it. And I know how to use a blade. Well. Shing, shing, all done. Well, it's terrible for the skin. <laughs> Bear Dunn just complete wrote, like, that he, he digs through his things, and he doesn't have, like, shaving oil, because... He doesn't have shaving oil. He, he what does doesn't he do? shave. Never? He maybe trims a little bit. Never? Not even, like, uh, here? Uh, Morden no, has maybe. blessed him with just... With a, with with a, a thick great, coat? With just, you know, perfect shape. All he does is just, you know, trim and... Brush and yeah, positive body yeah. image, there. Those follicles will place by more than himself. I shall not dis- <laughs> disturb them from their task. Yeah, you can just cut him. Well, honestly, uh, anyway, we'll do right. Yeah, but he has he has something. He has soap <laughs> at least. He has soap, and so he it's makes soap. you a lather of soap. Yay! Very good. Has a routine now, or, or some some. If you're so inclined. Remnant of that. Well, there's a 50% chance. Oops. Well, that one's gone. But there's a 50% chance of, of basically growing a beard. With, like every if you, day? If you, yes. If you fall asleep so with... half the week. If she chooses to fall asleep with the belt on, if she takes the belt uh, off, then it's whatever it is. Right. You know, it's just whatever... whatever so so today, yes, she, she has the beard. She has the beard. She's got a beard. Yeah, and, and it's black. It's like a dark... Mm. Dark, like, black beard style, like, oil. Matches your eyebrows. Yeah, it matches wait, the brows. Set anything like on fire. Uh, you, well, any beard, oh, if you set bro. it on fire, will set on fire. Um, uh, and and Goliaths are just an oily people. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> it keeps he, them warm. He yeah. encourages uh, Berja. Um, I know Mark is mostly training Aurora, but <laughs> if you are interested in learning, you know, the Dwarven school of swordcraft and whatnot, you might want to pick up a couple pointers, at the very least, of how to... I'm sure the Goliaths have their own traditions of how to maintain weapons and whatnot, and mm. I don't imagine the hammer of all souls really. Are you concerned about the hammer? Is that what we are getting at? Well, I mean, let's make sure it's no harm comes fine. to It's doing fine. It's okay. She holds it up and it's like, clearly it's not broken. Well, I know it'd be good for you and it'd be really good for Mark if maybe, you know, you guys worked a bit and make sure the maintenance is kept up. He seems so busy, though. He, he would fight. And time. he won't fight me. Well, I mean... He's so busy, he won't fight me. I have to fight trees. I miss Rika. I, I will scrap with you a bit, but I, I will be a very good com- combatant. 
Well, that is up to to the battle to decide. And uh, I mean, if they do, it's mostly just I will take you up. Baron on being tossed around. Yay! Hooray! All right. Bear uh, And also keeps in mind the boil thing. You know, seeing how you're doing, if there's any change in your condition. Huh. Uh, Oil vein is just a mystery to Baron <laughs> in general. Like all the, he, he he thinks he has a decent grasp on the world until it comes to oil vein and all the <laughs> weird shit that's going on with your arm and weird visions. And there was talk of like some horrible beast from beyond the stars that's going to end the world or something. Like how does oil vein lay low with all that? But he still does manage to. Like lay low. Like he's like he's like always like. Just kind of like in the background of things and just kind of like keeping it easy with all this wildness. Yeah, I don't think he really knows how to like, you know, if it's like someone trying to explain to another, like someone else another religion or just like beliefs that someone else had, I think he kind of considers it that way. It's just like this other thing that he heard about, it sounds scary, but he's not really sure how but to he, interpret he, he it. But he diffuses any kind of like potent line of questioning. Mm. It's like, hey, let's really dig into this and like get to the bottom. He's just like, well, you know, have you seen my dog? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, like let's go play fetch in the park. And it's like, how are we playing? Fe- I was trying to have a couple. What's going on here? It just seems like it just seems like it kind of like runs off him like water on Teflon. It is true. It just yeah. somehow all the things that are controversial about oiling, the half drow history, the arm, like all like the, the, the kind of the portents. It just somehow he just like he just navigates this. Without it all sticking to him. I guess mechanically, she has a high charisma. But Correct. that's how it manifests. It doesn't manifest about <laughs> him being like, very persuasive or intimidating or stuff like that, but he could be. Yeah. Manifests it like, this guy's weird, but we like having him around. It's, and it's like, lies under the radar yeah. completely with everything that like anyone else you could possibly, like, if you were to make a profile or a caricature, it would be like hyper noticeable and center of attention all the time. That is a good point. No, mechanically, I do like the idea of that because it is hard to translate his charisma for his type of character because he does stand out in such a crazy way. But I think in spite of those differences that he has, like he is able to provide. Uh, sorry, I, lo- I like the discussion. I want to make sure that uh, oh, yeah. oil vein needs to get oh, yeah, well, oil self thing. Well, right, but is finishing Baron... up with Baron. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And chatting with Scrimcorn about various theological things between their different faiths. That's always worth killing some downtime. But uh, but no other real projects beyond sort of, you know, the welfare of the group in mind and, uh, you know, his continuing worship and prayers to Morden. And he offers any messaging service if anyone is itching to contact someone that we've previously made contact because yeah, we have time to go and combat's not very... If you're interested in reaching out to... He, call, he calls off Dane. He had originally made a request oh, yeah. to have him show up in three months. And Falder. And so the, he, call, he officially calls it off and says, like, I'll contact him soon, but then the game has changed. Uh, tell Uncle Falder, not Balder, we've moved on. Yeah. You and I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised... I wouldn't be surprised... Yeah, if, he saw the sending I wouldn't be surprised if by now, like, the message you get back is like, yeah, I figured as much. The talk is buzzing everywhere. What what's really happening? Where are you? From relationships like these, there would be like genuine concern and curiosity about what's going on. Because if Miller Hall is like conducting extradition kind of contracts with Silvery Moon, that has got to have percolated through the larger dwarven world, which definitely like Dane in his role as like head of the Iron Guard of, of Adbar. I don't know what Fallark's doing, but like, seems like there's probably context in the larger dwarven world of the North 
of maybe who we are and what maybe happened. Who's that? Yeah. Baron also reaches out to his family uh, over the course of the week, just like touching in, saying, hey, I'm well. Uh, any change at home, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. She get her response back. Um, that's a good question. Uh, his dad said, "Don't contact me too much." So he reaches out to his son, Del. Uh, yeah. I mean, Baron. Each time he reaches out, different family gets more and more that, as Eric suggested. Um, you know, the the dwarven world has become pretty talkative about you specifically by name hmm. uh, Baron and Ma Baron and, and, and Drustin uh, Drustin Green. Green Green once known as uh, Drustin uh, Delvinar Delvinar was the original one but he got stripped of it yeah Delvinar but those names there are, are specifically spoken of and, and, and talked about and uh, and not mostly not with um Positivity, mm. uh, you know the, the 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 PR war is definitely being won by the other side, so to speak. Uh, you know you haven't made much effort to combat that. Uh, no. Tristan has a little bit, but more just to spread the truth, not to specifically fight back against anything no. else. That's, and so counter narrative, and not not in the circles that are influential for the dwarven world. Yeah, yeah, just you know standing in the street shouting. Um, Literally, that's very yeah. yeah, and. Um, so yeah, you know the the, the news you get back is is a, a bit grim. The family is doing okay. The 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 attention hasn't yet caused any direct harm to family members, but uh, but the, the the association can't help. Association doesn't help, huh. and that there's uh, you know the, Baron Baron knows Delg well enough to to hear that that edge of um, concern concern. From yeah. that edge of kind of fear that seems to be spreading. Nothing material like, like there's there are things at stake for this family. Like your father is the head of the temple. No one's been removed from their positions, and no one's been put in jail. Okay. You know these are these are things that you'd be looking out for. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly, right. Exactly that. Uh, not at this point. Okay. Not one week later. Um. Not yeah yeah not not a trip later. Not silver moon plus a ten day. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's Baron's week. You're up next. Do you share that um, with the group with Mock and Justin? Absolutely. Yeah. Knowledge belongs to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that's Baron's philosophy. Yeah. Baron tells Justin, and Justin tells the world. Yeah. <laughs> I learned it from There's you. This <laughs> uh, oil vein. Uh, something you first noticed when you first take off. The higher uh, when you first left Silvery Moon, the higher that the balloon goes, uh, the uh, Oil veins, uh, the marks on his skin, the black blood, the shadow blood marks on his skin, the streaks, the blotches, grow larger. Like with altitude? With altitude. And then, um, I don't know, is that something like... Baron is concerned. Scrim would notice yeah. that. Scrim would, notice Scrim would that. definitely notice yeah. that. Uh, oil vein says, uh, oh, it's Snoot. He can't fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> he can't fly. And so, uh, I mean, I, I would like the idea of like, him kind of giving a cryptic answer. But the first time you land... Uh, oil vein, kind of like it is kind of a new experience, like this kind of. I mean, having traveled in uh, Grumbar's balloon was a different thing. He didn't have like snoot the way he has him now. Sure. But what uh, oil vein unceremoniously does once they land is he, is he goes open. He opens the door, runs out, 
And he throws up. <laughs> snoot again. Oh, he throws up Snoot again. Yeah, but like Snoot. The, uh, pi- the Snoot pile, which. The Snoot pile, but this time, like. Uh, <laughs> snoot kind of like. Uh, he kind of evaporates a lot more quickly and just kind of goes off the dust. So you don't necessarily see. How traumatic is it for Willow in this deck of time? Uh, he's a little bit resigned to it. <laughs> is it the same experience or any better? It just like. It's like. It's a. Uh, it's a kind of a chore. It's worse. It's, it's better. It is better for sure. Gotcha. Because he knows what it is. And it's not as violent. Okay. But he is still kind of... And he can kind of feel it coming, so he knows to take a few deep breaths yeah. first. He's, he's, like, he's kind of he's like, all right, give me a moment, guys. And like yeah. he kind of announces it. So I go, 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 the dog. And so he has to... <laughs> Actually go have a dog. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I got to go hang out with the dog. No, I got to go let out the dog. The dog. Yeah, the dog. That's what he said. Good lord. <laughs> I'm gonna say that the next time I'm out somewhere and have to throw up on a street. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The next time. It'll happen. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, too, too much cracking. Just to make sure you remember to say it. So that's kind of a regular occurrence. I mean, there's an explanation for it, and I think hopefully the you know it's not a, a point of concern. Like it, happened, it happens a few times during that week. Yeah, it's a uh, you know he lets he basically lets. Uh, Snoot run around as, as he would because he doesn't want him to be cooped up number one on the boat or in his body. I think it's just what we said, man. Like, of course, for companions, friends, it would elicit a huge reaction, a conversation. Except it's oil vein. Yeah. So somehow it just kind of passes the Like, oh, okay. All right, oil vein. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm great. Great. See you guys in a sec. It's like, okay. Somehow yeah, they, yeah. it just slides off of them. Last somehow. time he said that oil vein is David Bowie weird. Like, yeah. he's weird. But we're like, yeah. Okay. But we yeah. just take it all in stride because it's just one more thing. Yeah. I think he does it a couple times, but then he does kind of pick up on the cue that he should actually go some distance away from right. the group while he's doing it. Like he just doesn't want to. He manages it at the campfire. Like have a dog. But on, on the campfire. <laughs> yeah, not on the campfire. So he might like kind of go around the other side of the ship and do it, and then you know, uh, it's just because you know. He, yeah, the he, kids having a rough night. Yeah. He, you know, there's a thing where he doesn't want uh, Snoot to like kind of. There's, you know, I don't know exactly. Snoop's kind of still a mysterious thing. I don't know what the distance is, mechanically and narratively speaking. But it is their choice to like, you know, that's his way of bringing Snoop on board the ship. That's how it happens. That's how, mm-hmm. it's how he accompanies him. Mm. Yeah. Through a um, violent regurgitation <laughs> process. So it's not fun, but uh, it has become like it's kind of a necessary thing, I guess, for for them. Um, but also, yeah. So that kind of, that kind of happens whenever the ship goes up and comes down again. Uh, and then you do kind of see him doing a thing where he might be playing fetch or something like that, you know, just kind of hanging around, um, you know, he's kind of acknowledging Snoot, uh, even though the, everyone else in the group might not actually see Snoot at the time, <laughs> uh, but you do, uh, maybe like once or twice a day, actually see Snoot running around, because he can only summon Snoot in his physical form, uh, you know, that, that many times, uh, per long rest, I guess hmm. So. Is Oilbane more of like a gregarious, like cracking jokes, you know, helping Bear with repairs around? Is he more reserved? Like, what's his what's his demeanor? What's his kind of engagement with other people? I'd say he is engaging people. Uh, he does value, like, you know, because he does have somewhat of a rich <laughs> inner life, I would say. Uh, he, uh, it's it's, it. <laughs> I think, like, he, uh, I, w- I kind of think, like, he. there are times when he might talk to Aurora. 
because they're they're the closest in age. Yeah, relatively speaking. Yeah. 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 So I think at first, like she comes off as very serious and kind of intense because she's super excited about the fact that earnest. She's yeah, she's earnest. She, she wants she wants to capitalize on this opportunity. Yeah, right? like I gotta, very dwarf. I gotta bring everything to this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like e- easy, you know. I'm a sorcerer. It just happens, yo. Overthink <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah, you know, just go with it, baby. Well, I think well, because like, I mean, regardless of like you know whether or not you know I don't know that kind of stuff like that. When you're a teenager, you say dumb stuff, and sometimes when you're around other teenagers, that kind of yeah. stuff say dumber resonates. Stuff. Yeah, so it, it amplifies. <laughs> yeah, harmonizes. I, those are the kinds of things that like they might they'll probably say really dumb jokes to each other that don't necessarily make sense to other people. Like cool, cool language that no one else understands. Like, yeah. like, like catchphrases and shit. Yeah, or they kind jokes. of like you know just it's just a lot of throwaway stuff for one thing. <laughs> That's and then, cool because they within the context of the fact that they are adventurers and there's like a mission that they have to accomplish, they still have these little moments where it's like, you know, uh, you know, one thing, you know, they're, they're just like, so like reference things that don't really matter at all. And like just, laughing at inside jokes, everyone's just like, what? Yeah. I mean, they're like not really sophisticated inside jokes, it's just like, I feel like it's something inherently that you might find humorous if you're like a young person, I think. And, um, as a, as a, as a, not quite a young person, as a, you know, in terms of a player, I struggle to like think of like mm. what teenagers. Uh, <laughs> That's for the about. best. Yeah, That's for the best. I think really, so. So I mean, we can just imagine. We'll just information. Imagine. They, just, they say just away. stupid shit. Just stupid watch shit. TikTok yeah. for like ten seconds, and you'll get an idea. <laughs> yeah, they do uh, synchronized dances. A lot of synchronized you need to dances. Follow a few new people on Instagram and come back next week with some That's RP. a good point. That's a good point. Do Aurora and Olvain like start doing skits? Uh, <laughs> Alright everybody, everybody, gather around! can you record this on a magic mouth? <laughs> God, The youth. Alright, the youth. The vine. The youth. Amazing, Marlene. Thank you for entertaining my questions, Kevin. <laughs> no problem. Um, so that kind of goes on a little bit. Uh, and yeah, he is kind of engaging with everybody else in their usual banter and like, uh, you know, there's the, the nighttime campfire stuff and talking and over meals, hangs out with, uh, you know, Scrimcorn obviously catching up on brotherly stuff and everything. Um, but something, uh, also him kind of, uh, socializing with Aurora also leads to him, like, when he uh, sees Mock and Roar doing some of their martial training and everything like that, he kind of sits and watches a little bit. Mm. And we do notice that he uh, is especially interested in uh, some of the knife work that goes on. Mm. Well, Aurora is making, again, her first thing was like, you couldn't make a dagger for this test, yeah. you're making a dagger. He's, like, he he kind of just like casually watches the making stuff, but when they're actually yeah. the utilizing of the weapons, gotcha. those particular weapons are... He, uh, he catches his eye. Because he's been actually Mach walking around. Men. Mox is like, you're not going to sit there on your arse while we're doing work, Oilvane. Yeah. Either you're helping your my cousin or you're in on the class. And so I think he runs him off a couple of times. Yeah. And then he keeps coming back and he says, like, yeah, stop leaving. If you're, if you're, gonna, you're in or you're in. And so probably pulls him into a few things and like has him, you know. You know, sparring with Aurora, or like, he's you know, like, Aurora, you want to hit him on the inside of the kneecap and then go for the jugular. Get him but gentle like. And so, you know. <laughs> he's very awkward at it at first and stuff. And the fact is, like, in his rope, he's been walking around with a dagger in there. Like a tiny, like a, not a really an impressive dagger. Well, when does that come out? Because no a one never comes dagger. out. It's just something that he's had since 
he left Skullport. Well, that gets incorporated into these demos and he's yeah. sparring. All of a sudden, okay, so yeah. you've each got one like disarming and all this kind it's of close quarters. He obviously work. doesn't know how to hold it either. No, of course he's. So he's definitely. Oh, so he doesn't. Straight. So that's yeah. weird. He's like, he's like, he kind of yeah. like holds it, and but it's like his grip doesn't look like a front grip. Right. It looks like it's kind of like. Well, then all it looks of a sudden like he's, he's only seen the... people hold knives in hollow vids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so he does a lot of weird stuff like this where he's, he's like, in the class then. It's him and Aurora starting to work on like, the close quarters. So at first yeah. he's just like sitting there interested, and then he's he's in the class like three days later. Yeah, yeah. That, essentially that's what it is. He's like he's got the the, the robe off. Yeah, and he's just kind of like okay, he's getting into it. He's breaking Break a sweat. Or you're not dismissed. An oily sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very 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 actually. One other thing Bear does is what he also uh, we don't have to go hunting for food. Because he just uses the spell create food and water, which he can do every day, assume nothing else happens. Also, regardless of whether or not you do that spell, bear jaws hunting. Like, Absolutely, yeah. so it's not great food. Bear jaws gonna like like it's not great food. What's shrimp corn doing? Yeah, I got good berries. Why do you need anything else? <laughs> but I can make thirty gallons of water you, every day. Yeah, we'll let Dan do a bigger story tell. Well, it's I can 45 find food and fresh food. water but in any location. Sc- scrim corn is definitely <laughs> you know in, in the evenings he goes out into the woods and he goes out alone on fair occasion. Some object, even when there's uh, some objection, he'll let yeah. someone come along. No. But he won't. But he's not going to slow down much for him. And and he heads out and he brings back a rabbit here and a deer there. Samples of this or that plant and yeah, local and, grub. Uh, but yeah, that's true. It's true. It's more. It's it's not deers. It's a, a rabbit is actually like the best it gets for him. Yeah. It's usually more like, like a oh, like a rodent. really nice slug. Like yeah. and he talks about yeah. like. How like this is like this is this could be you like can't six cook people. It, it'll ruin the like texture. Like centipede. Yeah. Look, I got wrapped all the way. If you cook it, it becomes very poisonous. Yeah, exactly. You have to eat it. Right. Highly toxic. <laughs> Which it's impossible to know whether or not he's just putting it on or he's dead serious. And, and uh, no one wants. No to, one wants. No one wants to gamble on it. No one wants to. Um, Essen spends much of his time in uh, in engineering. Um, he's he. He doesn't seem like someone who is nervous about the elemental, but more just concerned with it. He wants to make sure that it is all right and going on and working correctly constantly. Is He's like a parent with his whole baby. life like has been to, to, to make sure that this thing can't get out and now it's in a new place. What's his report after a full week? Like all good or like eh? like if like he gives I would let's let's just assume he gives a yeah he report. says uh he says <clears throat> like a larger kind of like hey here's what's going on I got to admit I got to admit that Dryad seemed to know what she was doing <laughs> lucky for us I couldn't tell from the until uh, I couldn't tell until I stepped on this thing and we took off whether that, the thing would work he says. I've been watching that, uh, I've been watching that... Hollow vid. That orb. <laughs> that, orb. that orb all week. And uh, he says, and it doesn't show a single sign of uh, deterioration or breaking down. It seems to be a worthy prison. Worthy. Sounds like we're not walking the Skyclave. Baron, thanks for knocking up the joint a bit. See, you've been working with that softer material lately and place looks better for it. Hey, took me a while to figure out how to make, you know, the pegs to secure these things. It's very tedious work. 
some mortar and stone, but I imagine that'd probably be a bit too heavy for things that float in the sky as we learned uh, messing with the elemental. Mm. <laughs> sure. Giant concrete blocks of coyote feet. <laughs> he says, but that, being, that, that being said, he says, I'm certain there is more power to, uh, that we could, uh, that we could be getting out of, out of our, our captive here. He says, it's, uh, he says, he says, much of it is wasted, dispersed into the wind, and not used on the balloons at all. He says, he says, it'll take some time, but I think some improvements could be made. Ooh. I consider us lucky. You have an idea of how to do it? Balon has never seemed like the conservative sort of engineer to me. I assume she went on the riskier end of things and we simply lucked out that there's more power to be gained. How many more people want more of this? I need to know, just so I can make more of this. I'll do one more. Sure. One? I'll probably have another after I'm done with this one. Second one? Sure. Some. Alright, alright. You gotta make a full full second batch? Make a full another batch, it'll get drained. (laughs) Oh, I know. We all know that the drinks I keep getting drunk guys, after the camera stops. You guys know ahead of time, though. Well, spring break, I can stay late tonight. Uh, oh. All right. Uh, I've got conversations ran long and deep last yeah. time. I've got one more thing for I was wondering after the Saki bombs, I was like, they're not going home tonight for a long time. Uh, all right, I'll go. All right, I've so. I've got one more thing for Drewson before we move on. Okay. So there's, a lot, there's a lot more we're going to do, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just before we go to Go ahead, Nancy. Okay, go ahead. Uh, fifth day, we're all sitting down to lunch that Baron has summoned. Yeah. It's uh, reasonable food. It's not good berries. Manna from heaven. Not good berries. It's better than good berries. Think happy thoughts. Yeah. yeah. But we got plenty of honey to put on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Juicin's pouring some tea. I'm going to get more into his tea brewing because I like this Please idea. Please do. I love tea. Uh, it's very caffeinated. Um, and he says, Why don't you try uh, making them? Mead. We have huge amounts of honey. Well, I, I don't quite have the equipment for it. The tea is very easy to make and very easy to make on the road, and I've been able to gather while there. Not with what our teapot full of elemental evil it is. I uh, says, but our cousins and uh, and friends. Oh, the Ooh, name. Oh, that's Grumbar. That's me as well. The Thank name you. of our, our ship. Well, when we land next in a village or a city or a town, folks are going to want to know about it. Are we happy with the name? How about the bear job? Don't we have to give it back eventually? I mean, no. are we really naming it? Like, just for my loan. <laughs> Grimbar laughs. Yeah, did Grimbar ever have to give back his air balloon until he got a new one? I assume if we survive, we pretty much earned the license to continue piloting. Uh... You launched a. It's undocumented. Yeah. That was the the whole point. Yeah. We, yeah. Even There's no record of it. And Balanos didn't say that. We yeah. She just, it seems like she was more interested in knowing whether it works or not. That's really the value for her. It seems. Yeah. I'm not trying to. Well, like, I have no quarrel it. with Silvery Moon City and Balanos's morals being maybe good or bad. I don't know. But I think eventually, perhaps after we're done with it, we oh, should return the thing. Eventually. In the meantime, though. Our name has power. When we land in a town or a city, do we want to be the looks landing in that town? Or do we want something else? I think I'd rather something rather anonymous at the point at this point. Any name's going to be anonymous, but not bear job. <laughs> Every place we land seems to create a little bit more of a fan club for her. Right, you put bear jaw on a giant painting of a flaming blue you skull. Still want to say my name. 
Manager, the people love you. And yes. it works against us more often than it doesn't. In love or fear, I will take both. This is made just uh, a balloon that's our home for the next few months. I think it's something we should be proud of. It's part of our legacy. What do you suggest, young Druston? You clearly have a mind for this. I... I like lots. <laughs> says, well, I kept the same name that Balanos gave my previous balloon. What was that called? Grumbar's balloon. Oh, well. Grumbar, Vulture, looks. And then... Scrimcorn takes a long puff on his pipe. This is from Dan. Oh. Then waves his hand through the air and says, uh, I say, uh, the spore cloud. <laughs> uh, I Jason likes it. The bear job. Yeah, I see you. So we have looks spore cloud or bear job. Or the bear job. We could go back to Grumbar's balloon. Balloons. Yeah, don't get it's too much, Grumbar. <laughs> Surely. Mox says, unless we start carrying. Unless we start carrying uh, passengers for money, I don't care what we call it. He says, so he why do you think I called it Hawks Regalia? Not for any sort of sentimental reasons. It what's moved the merchandise. Oh, right. Who was Hawk, anyway? He says, ah, I used a dwarven name for the first ten years, and no one seemed to want to deal with a dwarven, mer- uh, a dwarven gem crafter outside dwarven circles. I change it to some feathery bird named Hawk, and all of a sudden the elves come running for their gems. Elves do love those birds. He's like, he's like, yeah, his civil business practices. What elf for bird? Wait, I know this. <laughs> Look, Depends on the bird. If we're, if we're not trying to sell anything here, it doesn't really matter what we call it to me. And as you're talking, you see Bearjaw like unhooking her belt and then rehooking it in, and then unhooking her belt and then <laughs> the rehooking it like... in. No, 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 that stays. Oh, gotcha. That stays. You have to sleep in the in the in the belt. But oh, this is for what she's doing, here. she's trying to figure out what you're saying. <laughs> because every time oh, yeah. she takes the belt off, she can't understand a word you're saying. Yeah, we and so she's world, kind right? of like she's kind of like sussing out the, the the language. It's like turning off and on, you know, the subtitle. Is it effective? Is it is it more like you're hearing dwarven but you can understand it, or like when the belt's on, you just hear common? God, no, she it's, just hears, she just has understanding. She comprehends okay, it. Comprehending. Okay, comprehending. Okay, so she's trying to teach herself. You know, you ever watch those Muzzy videotapes? Yeah, yeah. You know those? Okay, These so it's like you're... These children are in French. <laughs> right? This but they're Goliath speaking French. Dwarf. This isn't a dwarf, obviously. <laughs> nah, nah, she's, but she, she is. She's um, She's been attempting to comprehend um, Dwarven on a more holistic level, so to speak. She's doing holistic. She's trying to do a holistic, in the sense of like, no one likes to be like totally weighed down by like the dependent on their tools. Bear does the same way, you know? She appreciates being able to speak Dwarven because they're always lapsing into it. And it's the only language she can read now. It created it, it created an understanding of she what she was gets it. out on. Yeah, she gets it now. She's like, oh, there was like some subtle like in-jokes happening that she had like no idea about. And so, you know, the idea of being like... her world. Yes, quite quite a great deal, actually. Um, you know, the access level. is for real. Literally, you know, reading Rainbow happened for her. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it now, Lamar. Uh, and uh, yeah, so she's, she's purposefully Lamar. taking her belt off while, while the doors are talking, just so that she can kind of like, kind of try to like, okay, I understood the context a second ago. Maybe I can like put things together in that... You know, like reassemble it 
in her own Goliath brain and then reattach the belt and be like, okay, yeah, no, I had that all wrong. But like, still learning through that process. And that's what she's, that's what she's doing whenever she's not talking or staring out the window at Tristan the ground. Tristan is having this conversation common to that oil vein group. It's a kind thing he does. It's a kind included. Mock and Baron kept falling into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan says, well, I wanted to name it the Leonaveth, which is their grandmother, but I guess that may draw the wrong attention. Mm. <laughs> Agreed. I don't... Also, I don't like me. If we're trying to prevent uh, Adric from following our tracks... Sightings of an airship with the name Lirabeth on the side might get his attention. How about not the Lirabeth? Oil <laughs> thing. An improvement. A unique looking airship. Yeah. Aurora. It's going like to like get attention no matter what. It's not like you look out the window and there's a bunch of airships going around. The only upside is that it goes faster than a horse can travel. Well, and the other upside is that it is up. Also that it's in the air. Well, right, but I personally haven't seen a lot of airships. When someone says, I saw an airship. Oil vein Maybe there's a few around. Has anyone? Yeah. That's the name that oil vein suggests. Oh. It's too hard to pronounce. <laughs> oil oil. Oil. Uh, I like the that friendship. <laughs> the friendship. How about the hammer? They fly through the oh. air. Oh, I like that. The flying I hammer? Like, no, just hammer. The hammer? The hammer. The hammer. I was like, oh. Sits well with me. I like it's it. It's a good stout name. I like it. It's, it's like a, the air drum because I have a hammer. I still like Spore Cloud. But it's <laughs> not a hammer, it's a balloon. Yes, we'd have to crush it into something if it was a hammer. We could throw it at someone. That would break the balloon. Mm, potentially. Can we Box says, <laughs> I, have I have a lot of experience, and I know that if you throw a balloon at something, it can break the balloon. No, that is if you throw something at the balloon, it will break the balloon. You are confused. And he looks up in the air and he says, Oh, that's right. <laughs> I've only been on a ship once or twice in my life. And airship? They no, in the water. Well, these are very and different. And once or twice in an airship very as different. well. But in my experience, they tend they tend to name these ships after beautiful women that they have no capacity to see for a long period of time. The bear. Ah, uh, Vanellen. <laughs> Oil man says safer. So, safer. That's my mother's name. We could call it the mother lover. Why? Mother so much. I never knew my mother. That's because you hatched from an egg. So perhaps we could never have with a smile. The the women in our lives that we so desire, or a hammer, because that seems like a practical, useful tool. Or we split the difference. The snowbane. Snowbane's not bad. This woman is hammer related. That's interesting. It would draw more stories about Snowbane to us. That's true. If she happened to be out there and heard of an airship called the Snowbane, she might have killed kill us all. Like, true. It is a woman who we desire to know more about and the hammer combined. True, that's absolutely true. I agree with Beardrop. <laughs> oh, that's another rope. <laughs> All right. Shall we name the ship then? Should we break a bottle against it or something? <laughs> Why ah, would you break I've a bottle? I only got the one bottle. <laughs> I will find a bottle. Go <laughs> <Alcohol, Johnny. laughs> <laughs> No, it's the honey. 
<laughs> it was roasted like today. It was mad down below. Uh, no! That's what we can call the station of Grumbar. Uh, and he goes, uh, is that that sign is like welded in? Well, I don't know what. Oh, okay, what do you we'll want say it's to be? hanging from a little. Yeah. Box. He unhooks the Lux sign and he brings it over and he puts it on uh, the the pilot area. The like little control panel. Yeah, area. control panel. Uh, uh, Grumbar walks over, pats and he says, "I like that." Yeah. Box says, "Well, let's make a little point at them and." Rather than just call it the Snowbane, let's call it Snowbane's Gift. For we are bearing something of value. And if she knows that we're coming, maybe she'll do us the favor of finding us before we find her. That's got a nice ring to it. I like it. Jason will take out the magic pigments. Yes! A nice sign that says Snowbane's Gift. I like it. Hang it right back up where the luck is. You know, in Goliath, snowbank gifts means a concussion. I I only imagine we'll have one or two of those before. She says after the paint's dry. Yeah, exactly. Yay, we got a name. That's good. Good job, everyone. We all got there. It's actually being called. Wait, it's Snowbane's gift? Yeah, Yeah. Snowbane's gift. I missed the gift part. All right. Yes. Not the spore cloud. We were quick. Not, we were quick to name it lad. not spore cloud. Lux, as we all the time. I feel well, like I if we're we land in a town where we're not, we don't really want to know. We don't want people to know exactly who we are. We can Lux always call it Snowbane. One the word. Lux is your code name when you need Snowbane's like. A, oh wait, it's a lay low time. You change yeah. it to Lux. Yeah. Fortunately, Snowbane is such a really remote, oh, yeah. like obscure reference that no one's like people will remember it because it's unique. But they won't be able to connect yeah. it to anything that they don't. And I love that when we land in tents, we're like, Snowbane, I've heard of that. I know a legend from five years Allow ago. Allow me to make words at you. That is But also the true. thing is, like, if people, if uh, certain people, people go to Karunjakar, and if they do find out where that information oh, yeah. about Snowbane was, they might be able to, like, like, oh, the Snowbane was in this town. So I think it might be right. good to have love a it. code name just in case. Now we gotta paint a cool snowy color. Yeah, white. <laughs> white and blue. Cool white colors. Like there is like paint a bunch of hammers on the outside. <laughs> just hanging. <laughs> we just get a bunch of hammers hanging. All right. There. Well, not, they'll be heavy. I think they'll be bad for the travel per day. Tarmus, who has watched us for many, many, many years, says he's finally introducing his fiance to D and D this weekend, oh running God. a game for a bunch of folks who have never played before. Aww, I yeah. wish you the best of luck, Tarmus. That is a noble word. And Maddie B six seven two also says, uh, "Love watching you guys. Finally got a group to play D and D with me. Thanks for showing me." As I said in the chat, my absolute favorite thing to hear is That's that we've introduced thing. people to playing. I hope it goes so well with your fiance. I hope nobody and ever watches us. And if you never watch us again because you're playing your own game on Thursdays, yeah, 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 yeah it's ideal. You made our you made our world. There's no one left to watch on Thursdays because everyone's playing their games. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. Last thing, Juice, I'm doing importance. Do your portents! Ooh, nice. 13 and 16. Interesting. Mm. 16 is pretty solid. 13 is still pretty solid. Yeah. Depending it, on it's the not, It's not a day of failures. All right. All right. So. Like the sandpiper. I think I see one. The shame. Um, it's been a week. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Ah, uh, one question. Yes. 
what's it been like while we're traveling? How far have we got? Where are we on the map? Yeah. Because I would well, love to know an idea of that, what that's like. Yes. So it's uh, it's 60 miles per day. Mm-hmm. So 600 miles. Um, and Ooh. it is uh, 600 miles. That's so many. That's so <laughs> Oh my god. I missed 15 <laughs> times in a row and then I got a double stab. <laughs> Mithril Hall is close to your thumb, but a little closer to the wood box. No, no, no you're way, way more north. Way, way more north. Close to the wood box. Close to the wood north. box. Way more north. Way more north. Way thumb. more north. Way more north. There, stop. Your thumb is on top of Silver. We're like... Ish. Yeah. You're about almost about halfway to the... To Sunset the, Mountain. What do you call the, the very end of a, a lake like that? Like the... the, the it's the either the, 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 nose, the start the or the end. The tip. You're almost this to the glands of the, the Sea of Thorns. And that's the, the source. Greg, don't talk about that. What? I said the the inlet. Me, me, you me, yeah. You got across this lake from tink to tip. The perineal <laughs> area. It's so, still winter? The grundle yeah. of the... It's still winter, but it's starting to... Uh, it's getting close to uh, turning towards spring. Okay. I'll get as we exact. land, as we go well, along, we're stopping. Probably just the mouth was the actual word I was looking for. The mouth of the. There we go. Um, the altitude is probably still very crisp, very oh, rigid. It's very, very cold. Over. Just how Bear John likes it. However, in this first week, the weather has been uh, uh, the weather has been calm and comfortable, given the cold temperature. But it's been. Do we get any heat radiating from the device? Because one of the benefits of Grumbar's hot air balloons is it was warm. It was warm. No. No. But this is like the opposite. Actually. No, if anything, it's this actually colder like... in engineering oh. than it is in the top, or, top area. Essen well, is quite bundled up, but Essen is also used to living inside a storm. I'm recognizing that Grumbar still has a healthy supply of his poop chips for just who knows what the ship was going to run on. Yep. And so we just use the poop chips as fuel for heating the ship. Yeah, um, after a couple days. So it's you've had to resupply. Um, uh, you're 10 days in. You've stopped at a, a, a couple towns for a real quick trade thing. Yeah. Get some rations. Yeah, we can get food and water via yeah. magical means. Yeah. But uh, but there's like, you know, we need Our some nails. Food, you know. And the, the food and water is uh, like a base level quality. It's base level quality. Which means, which means it's time it's pretty to good. pay... Your lifestyle fees. Correct. Yay! So it's um it's less because you um you have lodging and you have ability for magical food. So it's gonna be half of whatever the normal lifestyle fees are. I've got while, that recorded yet. while you're subsisting your in this. Fees. Yeah. So this is going to continue. So I was reviewing the you know the long term uh, sort of guidelines and yeah, the and, and it can change. Your lifestyle phase is how you choose to live, and that can have some ramifications later, and it will. So, you know, if you go, I don't want to spend anything, I'm going to do rotten, that'll have ramifications. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, let's um, let's get that expenditure. That's going to be an every week thing, and it costs per day. Mm-hmm. And every week we just settle up. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's still oh, per day. Minus one four. Gold. One gold. Four. Two, two silver. silver pieces. Yeah. yeah. So can we do one like one level down than we normally would do? No, we're half. No, it's right? oh, half. Fi- so fifty-five okay, five so, silver pieces for yeah. moderate. So it's oh, was it five silver or well, gold? It's ten for it's, one. One gold to no, no, half. Is one five gold silver. per day, right? It's five so, silver per day. Yeah. So fifty silver could, pieces or right. five gold. Yeah. Five gold yeah. for the week. Yep. You pay every week. It's it's easier. Yeah. To pay every Perfect. Week. It's gonna do every. Day. 
So when we do, are we, I, I don't think I've paid lifestyle costs for a while. You haven't needed to because, because we've been covering it via other uh, uh, contexts, like paying for the inn and such. Correct. And then the bog, which we don't pay a gold for sitting in the bog. Because that's squalor. Exactly. It's your squalor. Squalor is free. The, the idea is squalor even is when free. in squalor, you're still supposed to pay the lifestyle change because it, it, it's, it's a... Well, that's what I was kind of it's asking. It's an aggregation of, of what your you've paid to supply stuff. yourself. That's yeah. what I was asking because I don't I haven't paid for the bog. Like, I don't, I, know how far I I don't go. care to retcon it. We're yeah. talking about balloon, starting in the balloon. Okay. Five gold. You paid plenty of lifestyle fees in Silver you? Moon. Correct. For your lavish lifestyle. Oh, you mean we get some benefit for that deal gone south? Wonderful. Greg, where do we land? Bob is happy to hear that. Should we describe a little? N- uh, no, because there's no story to be told or, there unless okay. the story is going to be told there. So, you land, you get some stuff. Uh, you're talking like, talking like small. Uh, 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 tiny little places where you can just you can go and you can buy a couple leathers because your bedroll could use some patching up. You you do some stuff. Mock's on the lookout for where you can offload some gems. So far, you know, in these first couple places, not much. He's There's got, also been an interest in, in putting distance behind you and Silver Moon and Mithril Hall. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, by the time he gets to the first, he's got pieces like he not the the, the amulets he gave to Oil Vane and to Scrimcorn, He knocked those out. These are things like primarily it's jeweler's wire more than the cutting of the gems themselves. So right. he's been, like the the cheaper, more uh, like again more accessible gems that he got garnets, you know, jets, uh, you know, tourmaline. Those things he can knock out quickly. And with with Aurora helping him, like he has pieces ready to go at the first town. Yeah. Um, what is the what what is everyone's lifestyle real quick? Go around the table. Remind me what the levels are. They are Please. wretched, squalid, poor, modest, comfortable, wealthy, aristocratic. Uh, I think I think Baron's sitting at modest. Uh, he's modest. Mock hasn't changed to modest. Poor. But he's sorely tempted. He was tempted to go higher, and then he got hit with the fucking bar tab from Google Notes. Keep it yeah. Where Baron's uh, Baron's supplies are low. He's at like a hundred. Uh, Berja. Poor. Poor. What was the? There's modest goes below. Modest. I mean, bear does below just modest is poor. poor, but poor. Um, everyone else does. One thing I had you at modest because you like yeah. the brothels, like your father before <laughs> you. Well, I think initially when he was uh, living by, well, he was on his own. He was uh, kind of trying to put up a pretense just to like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think especially hmm. since he's been hanging out with the American boy, Dream, the American Dream, yeah. Faking it till you make it. Dude, yeah, he, but, he's a D and D yuppie. Yeah. But since he's been uh, hanging out with the, the party and mostly with like scrimcorn, he's a lot more comfortable roughing it. So. Being himself. Everybody, no, so he's there's poor. no need to put on a show. And yeah. Drewston? Drewston started poor at first level, but after Oakhurst, is modern, moderate. Modest. So no one's even that comfortable, interesting. What, what's comfortable again? Two gold pieces per day. Yeah, yeah, modest, comfortable. What am I saying? I, I thought there was. Well, I thought we went from modest to, to wealthy. No, modest, comfortable, wealthy, aristocratic. Modest. He's modest for sure, comfortable. So that's a gold piece a day. Two, two a gold a day, which uh, is ends up being yeah. With our have, correct. It's two, it's one gold per day. Yeah. Um, What's the modest cost? One, one gold one per gold. day is the rules as written. Gotcha. So then, for ten days and paying five, we're five, going out. Yeah. Five, five right. for ten days. How much do I have to pay? Uh, With my two silver pieces today? I got you. Pour is uh, one gold. <sighs> one gold for ten days? I gotta mm-hmm. call it out, man. Like, you're a comfortable man. Two. Thank you. Yeah, alright. Pay that toll. Alright. Baron strikes me more as a comfortable or 
or dare I say, almost wealthy, wealthy. guy. Well, the way he does spirit every morning, and you know, it's just, <laughs> just like a, it seems like his finances are constricting him to comfortable. If he had the money, if we, he would probably bleed into wealthy. I, I really that, enjoyed that. That's that. my my impression would be that he would be wealthy if, if money weren't an option. He wouldn't be so uh, ostentatious as to be aristocratic because that, that's a that's no. a no, that's, that, showy. That's, showy that's showy wealth. No. Wealthy is like the highest wealth where you're still just doing it for yourself for your. Berta yeah. is like. So I'm paying the ten of, then. Ten yeah. for the week. Berta's kind of week. like she's got this money. She does have and, money, strangely. And, but she's like that kind of person who like makes the money and then no, doesn't know what to do with it. So she just puts so it she in like the mattress. Forgets sometimes to she forgets she even her. has the money. She'll like leave a bag of money like, somewhere on like on like a general store. On she'll the be ground. Like, she'll put it there and like pay their five gold to get like the whatever board. Walk away without and just walk away without the money and then like go I mean, back and be like, where is it? And then be like, money? I'll hurt people unless you bring it back to me. It's it's more it's more that she doesn't think about the money very much. Uh, like she she's she lives like a poor person because that's like her entire lifestyle. She didn't even sleep inside and no, she slept exactly. under a tree in she the snow. She slept under a tree. She was good. The weirdest time she ever had was was in that weird golden oak. Like that was a very strange experience for her. Um, the bathrobes were so way too small. Let me let me give a reminder of what the written. She thought that those belonged to other Please people. Yeah. She thought those were someone else's yeah. robes. We're, we haven't talked about this in a while, so I'm going to give the written description of what these are. So, yes. comfortable, which we said Mock and Baron currently are, yeah. is choosing a comfortable lifestyle means that you can afford nicer clothing and can easily maintain your equipment. You live in a small cottage in a middle class neighborhood in a private or a private room at a fine inn. You associate with merchants, skilled tradespeople, and military officers. True. Yeah. Okay. Modest, which now Drewston is, um, is a modest lifestyle, keeps you out of the slums, and ensures that you can maintain your equipment. You live in an older part of town, renting a room uh, in a boarding house inn or temple. You don't go hungry or thirsty, and your living conditions are clean, if simple. Ordinary people living modest lifestyles include soldiers with families, laborers, students, priests, hedge wizards, and the like. Sounds like Drewston. Baron would normally probably be living in the temple if he wasn't with all of you guys. If he wasn't with all of you guys. But I mean, like, if he was out on his own and, like, wasn't with the party, he'd be going and shacking up at the nearest temple of Morden and just yeah, getting free room there. You, you no, he's, that's part of his, uh, he's an acolyte. He gets free room and board. Free room and board? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor, which... Bearjaw and uh, Oilvan, so they are. And probably Scrim. A no, poor, no, 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 we got oh, Scrim. I'm going to do Scrim in a second. Never mind. A poor lifestyle means going without the comforts available in a stable community. Simple food and lodgings, threadbare clothing, and unpredictable conditions result in a sufficient, though probably unpleasant, experience. Your accommodations might uh, be in a room in a flop house or in a common room above a tavern. You benefit from some legal protections, but you have to contend with violence, crime, and disease. Yeah. People with this lifestyle tend to be unskilled laborers, uh, costermongers. Wait, one more time. How do you know costermonger? Oh, you have a copy paste. What's a costermonger? <laughs> Alexa, what's a costermonger? I know what a monger is. Do you want to know the price for monger? You know what? Never no, mind. No, not <laughs> a, not even close. You're, you're totally totally wrong. Costumonger, a person who sells goods, especially fruit and vegetables, from a handcart in the street. They're like Aww. small green grocers. Oh, okay. Aww. Well, I okay. I know what that is. I just literally never heard Why that. Why didn't word. they say Peddlers, that? thieves, mercenaries, and other disreputable types. I'm yeah, that's very disreputable. Now, Wallid. I don't think Streamcorn is wretched. Wretched. He said wretched. He said immediately wretched. 
I remember hearing it, and he has never deviated. Uh, you know what? Actually, okay, let's read Wretched. You live in inhumane conditions, yes. with no place to call home, you shelter yes. wherever you can, yes. sneaking into barns, huddling in old crates, and relying on the good graces of uh, people better off than you. He doesn't need to do that. No. A wretched lifestyle presents he abundant dangers, berries, violence, disease, and hunger follow you wherever you go. Other wretched people covet your armor, weapons, and adventuring gear, which represents a fortune by their standards. You are beneath the notice of most people. Yeah, screen points wretched. Yeah. Yeah. He's wretched. And I see him like literally taking his snake staff and like beating people off who are trying to grab at his rat cat cloak all the time and be like, that's mine! You back off here! I'll turn you into a newt! You get on! Yeah, yeah. Get. The thing about squalid is squalid represents an intention yeah. to be better off. And he has the money to be better off, so he couldn't be squalid. He would immediately have to jump to at least poor. Exactly. So if he's he's either wretched because he's choosing to be wretched, or he has to jump up higher than squalid. Wretched, wretched is a lifestyle of choice. Wretched is a lifestyle of squ- choice, and squalid is the lifestyle of people desperately trying to not be wretched. I understand Bearjaw's minimalist. She like has very little clothing. She doesn't need anything. It's like a few leather straps and like whatever, like a backpack with like a tree. You make your way. That makes sense. What is Oil Vein's poor though? Like threadbare clothes and like a he's commu- got the money. A communal, does he choose to stay? A communal stay room, this way. a communal room full of unskilled laborers. That doesn't strike me as my current vision of oil, so paint it out and make a change. I challenge hang it. out with me. That's a good, it's a, this is why we, we review Yeah, these. I guess like, I was thinking more of a narrative balance, but that is true. Technically speaking, it it's does basically more modest. Yeah, it's maybe? like you land, you land at a town, you land outside a town, and you go and you need to buy some stuff. You need to buy a, a bedroll or get your bedroll repaired. And, and, your and clothes have holes in them and the from all the arrows that have been shot at you. What do you do? Do you not take care of any of that, and you you keep the holes in the clothes, and you keep the kind of little shitty bedroll that works, but it's, uh, you know, it gets a little cold at night. Or do you go, you know what? I got literally thousands of times more money than you need to pay for this. So you're going to go ahead and do it. And if you're going to go ahead and do it, your lifestyle's upgraded. Yeah. I feel like he would go ahead and do it, because it's like he... Are you going modest or comfortable, then? Yeah. Because you you, see, you have the money to you easily go see comfortable in front of you every day because that's what Mock and Baron are to a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you see a level above you. We stop in a town. Mock yeah. Baron's gonna be like, "Hey, is anybody? Is there an inn? Can I get a hot bath and shape and like? A, you, you see, is there a barber who's see, giving me a trim you up? See Mako Baron buys services. He comes out with beautiful cut diamonds and like a warm winter cloak for Baron. Like mm-hmm. you see these purchases being made and transacted. <laughs> and like again, I, for a young person with cash. Like again, they just all, all of like they talk about young people who are millionaires in our society, and they just talk about like what happens to them, like 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 uh, financially and in terms of like their their like how they how wealth translates into a lifestyle for them. I'm not trying to push you anywhere. I'm yeah. just saying like that opulence is on tap for you, and you see that happening every day as as Mock and Baron do their thing, and Drussen himself lives very modestly. The reason why Drussen isn't on our level is because he's too distracted. He's just spending his time doing other things. And he's spending his money on Jade Destiny. He yeah. also is. You talk about how much money he has left. He actually can't afford a modest exactly. lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or a comfortable lifestyle. So it just translates yeah. into like a lot of he different loves, things. He used to not be able to afford a modest lifestyle. Yeah. Now he can. Like whereas Bearjaw and Scrim just like don't use the money. It just kind of piles up in like snow drifts. <laughs> like, like you see like with between Baron and 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 Mock and Drusen, the application of finances to different types yeah. of things. And like that should give options to you creatively. 
That is true. He wouldn't. Yeah, I think they're just like it's cool without money. <laughs> Things are fine. What was a skateboard like? Come sleep in the like? snow. Come sleep in the snow. It'll make dick longer. Well, were you a street rat? Little we'll do yeah. something. He was dead. pretty. In his youth, I was a teenager. For sure. Yeah, in his yeah. youth, it It'll sounds to me like he was squalid. Yeah, I think when he came up, he when he surfaced. He was definitely the allure of like, I think the first time he uh, made money on the surface for doing whatever task, like he was like, okay, I'm going to go spend this on something probably irresponsible, like maybe like, uh, Drugs. you know, not necessarily food, but Rawful. something just to like, <laughs> a great That's night. It's a, a good question. What, do you, I guess, what was this first hey, yeah. person? Contract between a man and a you don't think twice yeah. about it. There's not that. much uh, good about Ted, but that I will say is true. That, that's <laughs> his, his one Look, moral man has a stance. <laughs> Baron not, may not agree with what he's doing, but he doesn't disagree with the way he's going about it. Mm. <laughs> he paid that it's truth. It's kind of chaotic, good. But I think I, so sorry, man. Yeah, no, it's okay. More like lawful evil. <laughs> Depends on your uh, point of view. I think uh, well, Vane, because it was one of the things too. Like he was uh, coming up from the surface, and he grew up kind of poor. A lot of it too was trying to not appear as someone who was poor when he came up. Right, you don't want to show well because it could be taken yeah. from you. Especially because he was uh, because he is so different looking from everybody else that he got he had many sense. Road. But uh, I think meeting the group. Uh, and seeing, like, I think he there he did go through a phase probably where he did say, like, oh, my brother's Grimcorn, I'm going to try that out, and he sees bear jaw. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking the tonight. Yeah. But then he also does see uh, the two, like, like Mock and um, and Baron and everything. <laughs> and <laughs> spent the night drinking late and being like, oh, man. And then you had those weeks at the Golden Oak, yeah. which is wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even comfortable. It's, it's, well, it's aristocratic. It's, it's close to aristocratic. Yeah. We and ring so a bell and people bring us shit. You've, ta- you've tasted that sweet, sweet juice. That is, yeah, that is kind of tough. It's like, I think he... I mean, so for the, the someone who would go into town and at least get their stuff repaired so it looks nice. I don't know if he would go out and regularly buy... Threadbare clothes? Question yeah. mark? Yeah, he would try to get them repaired. So if someone goes is modest uh, high enough for that, or does yeah. someone have to go up to comfortable to actually? No, no, modest. No, no, modest is you can uh, ensures you can maintain your equipment. Yeah, okay. It means uh, you know, like soldiers with families, laborers, students, priests, hedgewitches. Um, Comfortable's like when you decide you're gonna go. Your living conditions are clean. Are you only gonna eat the weird free food that Barrett provides, or when you stop it in, are you gonna buy yourself something just you know for variety of taste? Mm. Are you gonna maybe buy yourself a couple bottles of nice alcohol to drink besides the ale that comes out of the alchemy jug? Is it always good ale? Is it always what's on tap? Free ale is good ale. So for example, if you look at the modest meals cost, it's three silver pieces. Which would buy you like a hunk of cheese and some bread and some ale, mm, right? That's good. You go up to comfortable, and now you're getting meat with that cheese, bread, and ale, that, right? That, that that's perfect. kind of a good little difference, right? So comfortable is you can afford meat when you go yeah. and sit. Otherwise, like calories you're... versus like full nourishment spectrum. Yeah. So you know, there's or a little you bit could of go thing. hunting and catch or or food. wine like. Uh, you know, like like uh, like common wine is uh, most of a modest person's meal budget. Yeah. So it's not they're not going to well, give me eating wine most of the time. I think yeah. Let's say he's modest. Okay. Uh, how much would that usually go for a week? That's five gold a week. Five, five gold a week for us. For for you because you have the airship. You're essentially avoiding all lodging costs. And a lot of food costs. And, and, and yeah, we're just sort of abstracting it. I'm just yeah. calling it half. Yeah. I think half is good to keep keep it going. 
But if the, the, is, the, like, the rules as written allows you to not spend anything um, yeah, 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 if you're yeah, yeah. self-sufficient. And you can, they even have a whole mechanic where you can squeak out a poor lifestyle while also maintaining a, a, your regular profession. Or if you're proficient in survival, you can live a equivalent of a comfortable lifestyle self-sufficiently. But yeah. We're just, uh, I like the narrative of a well-stocked larder, and I think yeah. the conversations we're having now are super amazing for our character narratives. Yeah, yeah. No, that's why I like it. That's why you're you're the reason Jason survived for so long on his own is because he is proficient in survival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, come up hunting often. and trapping. So when he is when he is run low on cash, he is able to be self-sufficient. Yeah. He can he can go without spending any money and survive. Yeah. yeah all of he you can like in a poor to. lifestyle because you are skilled yeah. at at. And that's why Justin yeah, has three actually, bear job points. That's currently the most bear job points out of all bear job points. Mark is also he has the most. Who has the most bear job points? Justin does. Oh. Well, except for Reed Stalker, who has a hundred bear job points, but he's when not. He he, he's points? not related. He doesn't know about this. Who has the second most bear job points? Uh, that's between Baron and Essen. Wow. Whoa. Essen did the cool. It's a dead heat. It's, it's pretty close. And then I everyone, mean, dead heat everyone, for like everyone else third has place. one bear job points. <laughs> Listen, it's a complicated like, system. You can't compete against the Brainstalker. Bear doesn't ex- 100 bear job points. Come That's on. 100 bear job points. Brainstalker, was that the uh, the Skywatcher up at the Goliath? No. no. no <laughs> Brainstalker was the guy That's where Bear Jaw spent fought. a couple nights with. And then she, <laughs> she fought him later. And they both won. It, 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 was a, it was a clip. They fought once, and she won. And it she fought later, and they both and won. They both won. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well, well done. It's a really complicated rubric, so okay? Just don't ask. It was a constitution check, and they both succeeded. Woo-hoo. I like, like it the second time. smoke signal numbers or something? Or? Yeah, it's really, no, she's never going to call him again. I think it's the second time she went to go call on him that he said, uh, only if I get 100 bear job points, and she said, okay. Cool. <laughs> I guess. Because yeah. he had learned about her bear job point system the first time, and the second time he was like, I need, to be, I need to be number one. Me, yeah, she writes it down. That second Maybe she's got weird pillows. To off. me, it was that second night that said everything. She writes it on her arm, it's all there. Any Goliath will go down that first night. Oh, yeah. One. Second but, night. But that that second night devil. almost never happened. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. That means Bear Jaw was pretty happy the first night. Correct. I mean, also, you know, you gotta admit it's that, worth like, a second like, It's slim pickings as far as, like, like your little... Second night kind of... If, if she wants a Goliath, you're right. It's a little bit, like... there's a limitation there. Um, but, but the second but night indicates that maybe there's more left undiscovered. Indeed. Always. There's always something. All right. Something to discover. <laughs> yeah, she's just curious. Yeah, an explorer. Indeed. Indeed. A delver. <laughs> a delver, so, so to speak. Hmm? Deep dungeons. Natural cavern. Natural cavern. <laughs> so there yes. are. Okay. Oh, oh, no. is <laughs> he is the worst. Wretched. Wretched. Bear Jaw's wretched? No. No, she's no, poor. Scream is wretched. She's poor, but she's not wretched. As a matter of course. It's kind of just how things end up. <laughs> Mock. Yes, sir. You essentially have a shop. Yeah. There are mechanics. What? For running a business huh? and revenue generation. Hmm. Uh, they're, uh, they have been analyzed and been found to be wanting. wanting. <laughs> uh, basically, if you use the rules as written and you crunch the numbers, uh, you can only afford a house in like 30 years. Of uh, yeah. of perfect rolls or something like that, and that's ridiculous. Isn't that so, how it works? To be usually? fair, though, well, to be fair, <laughs> time, so, so in California, the, the point is, someone came up with some excellent modifications to the rules that makes it a little more interesting, makes the profit a little more 
fun. Basically, yes, while that might be a depressing analog for real life, <laughs> yeah, like, um, like, that's not fun in our game where you're like parents. It's one of those things where, like, oh, Mock's achieved where he doesn't have to be an adventurer, so he stops adventuring, so the story is over for Mock. Mm. Dumbness. So, um, shops would normally be stationary places. Um, and, and, and they have this whole revenue generation mechanic where you have to pay an upfront cost for the building, for, for, for building up the business. Yeah. They have things like you can run an inn, a farm, an abbey, a trading post, all this stuff. And there's a daily upkeep and there's an income and you roll on a table to determine how much income you get per week and how much labor you personally put into it increases. That's income. right. They, they frame it more in terms like you're not even there. Like it's the yeah. shit that you set up and like, like, so, like, like the reliquary, but like less involved yeah. even. However, it works for us. Okay. Um, actually, these, these modified mechanics, I'll link them if you want to peruse them later, but let's just go with them and see how they are, see how fun they are. Because really this is all about having fun and letting Mach mechanically generate some money using his skills. So I so like the idea. I think it's easiest just to use some mechanics that someone else has designed and see if they're fun. And if they're not fun, we iterate and we figure out what's good. Let's break it off. Yeah, So Your first draft. Um, in this big table of types of businesses, shop is the most and analogous, analogous, that's the word, to what you're doing. It, uh, by the mechanics, requires one skilled hireling to run and nothing else. Everyone else requires a lot more, other than a hunting lodge, for some reason. Um, all the others require, like, if you want to run a large castle, it requires 200 skilled hirelings and 100 unskilled hirelings. Jesus Christ, what a fucking distraction. Uh, yeah, well, it also costs 500,000 gold to sell. I mean, I guess you assume that peons just do what they're told in this. This, yeah. in this reality. So anyway, so I think a shop is a relatively uh, good thing. It costs 1,500 gold points to set up, yep. uh, but in this case, your sort of uh, uh, physical geographical base of operations is this airship sort of taken care of, and the other half of that is the money that you've already seeded yeah. into this. I put 500 aside for it. I can put 250 more to call it the full half if you want. Uh, no, I think it's fine okay. to consider just the upkeep. I think I think you've essentially paid the building cost to yeah. essentially set up. So should the he deduct that amount? I, I deducted. No, no, he already has. I deducted five hundred, which I claimed for the gems. Up. Yeah, for the gems and the, the he, that was the, that was for that his was setting all up inventory. Yeah, inventory setting up. So uh, the mechanics are that it costs a fifteen gold pieces daily upkeep okay. with a one hundred gold piece uh, potential income, and there's a table you roll against to see how much of that you actually get. Sometimes at a loss. Um, and that's the idea is you just roll every 10 day and see how much you're doing. And, and I think this, this represents Mock's ability to continue to do business along these stocks along the way. You're, you're going and you're trading and you're, you're, you're spending here, you're offloading this, that, and the other thing. There are also chances and mechanics for um, complications to arrive. Because if you're going to continue to engage in this business, uh, it comes with a risk. Okay. So, it's as simple as that. So every 10 day... Uh, you roll a d100. Now, the only thing I don't like about these mechanics as written is they don't have any sort of a bonus for skill. Yeah, um, I think that's important. Like, that's my background. And, like, yeah. and additionally, like, my first priority, or Mox's first priority, is to invest in better crafting tools. Like, this, all the work he's doing with Essen is not going to be, like, to make another fucking, like, magical bazooka. It's going to be to make better tools. And so he can make better things. So that's, that's his tack. And so he wants to be able to invest in things that will help him create. Yeah, in meaningful ways. So he wants to reinvest back into the business. Correct. Um, I agree. So, 
Let's just roll with your bonus on the D100 right now. It's not a very impactful change, but let's, uh, let's start with explore that. that more and let's start with that and let's figure out how it goes. Okay. So we're just going to roll a, a, a fair roll for this first Hyundai, which is sure. simply a D100. You uh, may roll those two dice if you want, or you can roll the fancy die inside of die. I'll roll mine. Uh, I don't know where the die like within a, a die sand. is, so let's the action. rules of Samworld, Samworld, the uh, red die is always the 10s. There you go. Oh, there it is. The red, the red die is the, the 10s, and then the blue is the 1s. Uh, so I got a 97, <laughs> which with, with my plus 3 Damn is you. a full 100. <laughs> wow. So, so let him roll. that <laughs> is, it, is, is it, the highest possible result. stat plus uh, proficiency or just proficiency? He, he, he let me have my proficiency, which is plus 3. Yeah, it's, your, it's, your, it's your thing. Plus Clean 100. Uh, there, I linked the thing in, in a general chat if you want Thank to peruse you. it. Uh, but okay, so at 91 or higher, it is you cover your upkeep. At 11 or higher, it's you cover your upkeep, to be clear. It's That's basically great. always, it, it, if you are spending the time. So you get a bonus on your roll depending on how many days out of the week that you are spending uh, dedicated to your business. And I'm gonna think by how much you're doing the training and stuff, I'm gonna say that you're spending about half your time. Yeah, like we have a situation where like Mock is definitely spending a significant time learning from Essen. Yeah. Establishing, again, reinvesting the business with, again, trying to create better tools. Like he has the opportunity like to create a, a, a head shaver is still far off. Very right. much circumstantial for the, the facilities he had and the circumstances that day but I feel like he's trying to get close to being able to make something of a magical impact on the tooling that he uses. So he's doing a lot of like personal betterment, all right. that stuff. How much is he dedicating to just purely cutting those gems and making money? But that's what I'm saying, like, that's the first half of the day. Yeah. And the mornings is training Aurora and Oil Vein. The latter half of the day is, it's the business. It's and the, business. the fact that he has Aurora with him makes his half of a day may like more like three quarters of a day because he's got someone working with alongside him who's, who's, who's trained. Okay. Like she's a good hire. Well, I'm going to say that basically by the mechanics, that's actually a requirement okay. of having shop at all, Perfect. is to have at least one other hired person. That's Perfect. part of the daily upkeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes um, sense. So the, the spending half your time would give you a plus five bonus to the roll on top of it. So you get 105. Um, I mean, 105 is a sweet fucking roll. In this case, you didn't need it, but no. it, normally that would be the case. There is, within these mechanics, which I like, there is an extra bonus for spending full time for the whole week. Right. Mm. Essentially, by, by giving it your all, you get more than just the plus one per day. Okay. So, didn't come up this week, doesn't matter. Um, you have the maximum, which is you cover your upkeep and make 200% of your income each day in profits. Mm. Okay. Uh, and by the shop mechanics, that's 100 gold pieces per day. Ooh. Okay. That's so what makes. Great. Hot damn. Uh, Aurora is... Do that 50 more weeks? Aurora is... <laughs> That's a year. Aurora is... <laughs> so like, like, you definitely gotta like, roleplay this out. Like, what these couple yeah, towns sort of... Yeah, go for it. So I'm doing, man. Oh, like, you got it. You got like, it. Like, as Greg mentioned, Aurora is in her honeymoon phase. And Mock... Mock is, is so skilled. And, and at this point, enough back in the groove where his production will be what it is. And especially work on, like, the lower grade gems. Right? Where... Where he, these these are not like highly skilled, highly difficult cra like 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 again stones that he's working on, and so he knows what, he knows what he can do and he's plotted that out. But then Aurora comes through and like like doubles what Mock expected that they were going to achieve in that first week, and they end up 
and, and, and this is just like her throwing herself into the task for this first week. And he ends up like she, she like she is like bleary eyed every morning at, at when it's time to kind of work the forge. And one or two of the nights, honestly, he goes, he's like, I'm tapping out. I'm old. I don't need to deal with this shit. He goes to bed and Aurora's still there. She's just like pouring herself into this first week. Now, by the week's end, he sees that she's already fading and like paying the price for going ultra zealous. But like the week's over and like the, the, the reward has been reaped and it's not, it wasn't, I mean, it's one of those things where if you ever go, go hard and put everything you have into it, you just get that much more. And so he's complimentary of her effort and, you know, is able to, is able to take just this, a significant amount of highly sculpted pieces. Again, we're talking about a, a, a section of, and I will right here, notes. A section of spinels, zircons, and one or two bloodstones that have been worked to about the peak of what those stones can offer. The very attractive array of current style jeweler's wire, creating a various amulets and brooches and one or two rings. And they've created these pieces that Maka is extremely proud of at this point. He says, ah, I uh, grabbed these stones uh, to appeal to country bumpkins, but with the work we've poured into these Aurora, we've almost outpaced ourselves and maybe hard-pressed to move these at some of these backwater towns. Next time we shouldn't try quite, try quite so hard. But don't you let up for half a second. <laughs> and, uh, and has, yeah, yeah has reaped the reward of a, of, of a, of a healthy week of, of crafting a business and perhaps even for the first time having a full week of downtime since probably Mirabar. Um, that in itself has also kind of given given uh, a tailwind to the crafting effort. How does, like, this is Mock's first week of, like, really diving into this business, and he's, like, profited massively. Yeah. Like, like best case scenario, literally best case scenario best from case a scenario. mechanical perspective. Uh, best case scenario. Uh, d- does that specific part of it, like, how does Mock, is this, is this, this is what Mach expected. Like he knows his skill. Is he like 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 almost like this is what he expected? Is he surprised? So that's the we we, we heard the public we heard the public face of Mach, <laughs> yes, which what we he all says. know is 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 Mach is a, has a dichotomy going on, right? Like despite his shame, despite his his his, his history of failure, of of moral lacking, he always puts on a gruff, brave face and kind of toes the line with what's proper. So we heard kind of like the, the the public line and like you know the the you know the the the, the, the begrudging gratitude slash motivational speech to Aurora. Behind the scenes, it's like him struggling with his own belief in himself and like you were all a part of this inflection point in Mithril Hall where he stood up and started taking some heat from another clan crafter and he was like wavering in that moment and. It was the group that came to his aid, and the fact that he hadn't. Who drunk, stood up with him? The, the whole was it, group. Was it the whole up. group? The whole well, group yeah, stood up, did. and several people spoke on his behalf. And he wasn't quite so quite so drunk that he made a fool of himself. And so all those things together allowed them to turn a clan crafter of the equal rank as Mock in full standing, turn him away. Like that that man said a few things to save face and like, oh, well, you know, don't show your face in this one horse. But it was clear to everyone how the exchange had gone. And he backed down 
uh, in the face of that. And so, like, that specifically was an inflection point to be like, not only am I here to pay off my debts, but maybe I should accelerate this. And so now, like, a first week of, of effort into the actual business side, and you kind of, like, and profit profit really rules the world of, like, how much progress you've made. And so to have, like, a, a, a very healthy week's kind of reward on the ledger, on the books, as they say, like, that just gives them that much more of a tailwind. And maybe next week will be a little bit less of the experimental and more of, like, let's let's make progress. He's, he's got an eye on the prize. And it was... It was especially the fact that they personally had to deal to dig into their own funds to pay this fucking golden oak tab. <laughs> like we're talking about high points and low points. That was a, that was a low point and a little bit of a come to Jesus moment to like I can't I cannot personally allow these things to go on like this. But like you know mitigated by the fact that Scrim himself has paid Mock like above and beyond like the sticker price. So like a, a, a rassle, a true rassle in terms of like how that played out. But then to kind of come with this week of like, wow, here's here's something that is in my wheelhouse, sustainable. It doesn't matter if like Scrim goes off the handle. If I can maintain this, this is like this is a literally he sees a solution to the problem. Like if I could like a dwarf, he has another 200 years of life of life in front of him. If I can just maintain this pace for even a small fraction of that, like I'll solve my problems. Like so, he 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 sees he sees a path forward, and that is very heartening to him. Internally. I have to say that on a personal note, quite possibly my favorite moment in all of the season was Scrimcorn and Bearjaw way overpaying for the Golden Oak. <laughs> After there was that there was that moment where like, well who's going where? And Mox like, I we gotta get the teapot there, and I'm so excited for this like to create a workshop. I gotta go right to Balanoses. And then Sam, not not Bear, but Sam's like, Ugh. Bam goes with Mock. <laughs> and it's like, surely things will be fine. And then it was like, well, here comes the festival. It's gonna be this. And then Dan was okay. ready for it. He's like, okay. And it's it's like almost tied in my mind with Baron going to negotiate to, to get paid for passing and instead pay them. Exactly right. Basically, every time Mock gets frustrated with someone else not being as good a businessman as he is, is extraordinarily pleasurable to me. It's 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 a wonderful. It's it's been a wonderful karmic thing where like Mock has had a few pretty positive moments where he personally gets involved and gets a great outcome. Gets double paid here, gets a margin there. Really backs some of the NPCs into a corner and like kind of squeezes like the the water from the stone, if you will. Mm. But then there's been an equal amount of times where he's just like not present and things go like full off the handle the other way and he's just like, God, it's it's amazing. It's it's it's, terrific. I think it speaks to, for me, I interpret it as speaking to something which is mock is one of those people, it's very real property, which is he doesn't necessarily, perhaps he doesn't understand how skilled he is at something that he finds fairly rote. Yeah. Like negotiating the price for a hotel room, like whatever, you just, you talk with them and da 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 and you get the right price. And you wouldn't ever accept the first offer. Like, of course not. Like, it's just so a part of Mock that he doesn't realize that that's not the average. The average is they say three times in two weeks locked in and 
the result of Scrim Corner looks at the money and he goes, less appreciate we, a guy we have enough Scrim. for that, so yes. Like, Scrim is the guy who's on the other end, who, like, instinctually yeah. rejects that kind of, the whole type of kind of play. It's, 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 an, it's, those two are an amazing yeah. endpoints on the spectrum. And then we have a lot of people who are scattered within. Uh, I like the fact that, like, even before it happens, the idea of Scrimcorn and Bearjaw going to negotiate like the worst hotel possible price combination. and knowing that it's going to upset someone <laughs> before it even happens, I think that is... I think that's a very good clarity on character types. Yeah. You're right, it, 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 but it also speaks to, it speaks to the compartmentalization of the group. We talk a lot about how we've worked together to accomplish great things, and we have. Mm-hmm. And we talk about in improving and increasing relationships between Oilvan and his brother, between the, the, the cousins, between Bearjaw and the dwarves. And those are trending in that direction. But things like that also speak to the lack of understanding of each other. It's not like, it's like there is still to a great degree people operate autonomously. Like Scrim goes and is going to receive his visions. Bearjaw's got to get that nut and go fight in the, in the bar, right? And 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 when it comes to like something like it's respecting it, like our it's boundaries. one of those things with any of you who I know personally, Eric, speaking to any of you, if we end up in a situation like together where like something came up, I'd be like, oh, like like you got to talk to my buddy Kevin, like he's like an amazing artist and like a, a sculptor, like or like oh, what you're talking about has a lot to do with like I I, I can't make a choice like like ask Greg. Greg Greg is a terrific mind for product and and like he would have a lot of to weigh in. And, like the, we haven't reached that point in characters where like Shrim be like yeah, yeah who gives a shit. Yeah. Whereas I, down the road he might be like well dude don't ask me just just ask Mock like, it'll to go, go better. We need to go consult Mock on this. But it shows where there's still a lot of room yeah. to come together and there hasn't there there's a lot of space still between characters. Well, well in some ways yeah. that's the difference between neutral and good is mm-hmm. you know the a little bit neutral a little good, bit but a little you also know, just cohesion. It, it's kind of like yeah we get along and it's also like eh, but you know it's not terribly important to like check all those boxes as it would be with a good character who yeah. it still it makes it pretty interesting and I like the fact that it happened for a reason too because Mock had something else that he wanted to do he had priorities he had priorities and I think it's kind of funny that they you know it's not just for laughs and it's like it was something that happened no, that because uh, we yeah the narrative the narrative led it there not yeah. really not, not chaos yeah. Um, given that, I, I don't think Mock would probably let that happen again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Things being the way they are. Uh, <laughs> you look like you. Well, I'm just, I can ahead. do next Go topic ahead. as soon as we're Good. Next topic. Uh, Dive in. Grumbar. Uh, Grumbar. Gathered around as you've so. landed your balloon. Mm-hmm. You've landed the uh, Snowbane's gift. gift for the evening. Who's made a new uh, spelled beautifully? Who's made a new sign? Has anyone Not made a new sign yet? It's been five days. Right away with the pinks, the magic. Oh, Drewston did right away. Right away. Magic mouth next to Magic pants do up. actually no function as regular paint too. Quick question on that point: Is it in common? Yeah. Okay, I figured. Mm. Sorry, so you can't read it. I can't read yeah, it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Dwarven. What's that say? Read dwarven, but, but not common. But, but oh, I forgot oil, about that. Oil could be common. Was Every, that, was could be dwarven. Everyone can tell her that it's called the Bear John. She'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> so, Grumbar. Grumbar says, okay. 
today marks the tenth day of us traveling via the winds, and I appreciate that you've given me time to understand how Snow Rain's gift works. Now we can talk about the other control panel. Oh, God. Not the what? control panel. Which other one? Uh, you guys are the other one. Uh, in the first day of travel, Grumbar insisted that no one even mentioned to him the other panel, and he was very serious about this. And a couple of attempts to say, well, let's just at least talk, he shut down the conversation. Hey, Grumbar, what was that? What's that? Yeah, no, we must learn the basics. You must walk before you can fly. <laughs> you must hatch before you can crawl. You must hatch before you can crawl. You must crawl before you can walk. You must walk before you can run. You must run before you can fly. It's all very sequential. Now go outside and run. It sounds 100% reasonable to Baron and not really understanding entirely what's going on. He agrees. <laughs> Who would have been there when 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 uh, Balanos, originally Balanos shouted, does anyone at the table, in a metagame perspective, Remember, or or even interpreted what Balanos shouted in a hurry as the bureaucrat showed up. I don't. Uh, I remember that she said a lot of things to try to indicate that, like this wasn't the right time. She specifically like had created like a, a, a schedule where we're gonna meet later. Uh, she's very busy and everything. And then like Elijah Jeffers, she's like she's complied with everything that has been you know. Like whatever, all agreements. That's what I remember as like the initial sound. Wow, no one heard it. Conceptually, okay. I remember something about. She something did shout that. something out specifically about. Be careful about that other control. Don't do it unless you're in a point of uh, nope. uh, a point in the weave that is uh, narrow enough. Otherwise, you'll be yanked <laughs> oh, into another yeah! dimension. Oh yeah, that I rings a bell. Remember that even with you. As soon as you that say is, that, that does ring a bell. That's pretty scary. funny. That yeah, no one sake bomb. <laughs> there were a lot of sake bombs last week. Okay, so yeah, that's fine. Don't so, worry. This will make you all remember you bought, it. You bought a little extra time. Ah! If you remember, the with Faldor. <laughs> Faldor. The elven token bought you an hour. Willow grass. Right? It bought you an hour of just be in the air within an hour. Sure. So we had a little extra time to load up Mox stuff. When you originally got told to like set off and Faldor showed up, Mox like Anvil and stuff wasn't even loaded up in the air. Well, Mary yeah. was carrying it, but there was like, how do I she, 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 she put it on the ground. We're floor. not talking about just an anvil. We're talking about like a work. The we're whole talking system. about a, a workshop. Like this is like, yeah, again, this is reagents. This is materials. These are things that like some of the things Mox said. Balanos, I'm taking them, and some of the things he just kind of stole. He kind he's just of like, stole them. He's just like, she won't even notice. Loaded up. She won't notice. I've been using these for a week, and she hasn't said anything. Kind of like it was a little bit like that. I, she said I could use her workshop. She didn't say anything when I started using her shit. Like, so I, I need these. I need home. these things for my creations. They're tools. They're important. <laughs> Remind me your alignment. He was distracted, man. <laughs> like this was not explicit theft. Like think about Mox mentality, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't. We don't need to dwell on that. I want to move yeah, on yeah, to the yeah. next. We'll talk more after. That's fair. That's fair. That's fine. Remind me of your. No, 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 that's fine. It's a, so it's a good thing to throw out there. It doesn't matter until it's thrown out there a few more times. Um, exactly two more. That might not be the first time it's been thrown so, out. So, Mock <laughs> is having Bear Jaw like, load up the shit onto the airship. You get, time is of the essence, like, and they got an hour. Just like, like, don't just think, just pack that bitch. Balanos sitting there explaining to Bear Jaw emphatically, like, In bear not Bear Jaw, bear. explaining to, drink, drink, not Baron, drink. explaining to Grumbar. Because that's what I say. I say bear jaw when I think. Oh my grumbar. god, you do that all the time. Every single time. I don't know. Drinks in your hand. Because bear jaw speaks in third person, apparently. 
Chrome Bear Jones. Mm. We poke it. No. I'm not getting involved with that. I will do What's the other control panel? We're not going to let that waste. Great, we got 10 minutes until I stop remembering what happened. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So who was there when he's explaining this shit? Not me. Drewston. Assuming Drewston was. because was Mock was busy. Really he was doing it as soon as Drewston was. Yes. Right, so... Doing your... Balnos explained a, uh, an extra expected property of the uh, engine, so to speak. Are we just going to call it the engine? Yes. yes. I feel like it's not. we're not going to get away from it. Deluxe so, room. Of the engine. Deluxe room. Um, we can call it the propulsion room, but that still sounds pretty fucking Let's terrible. call it the warp core. Yeah. Anything we do is even yeah. is more technical. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a, a engine. I think they actually have siege engines. Like, that's yeah. a medieval word. We engine is a, a pretty good word. The wind but turbine. It's an engine. I think turbine, turbine is a more is, modern yeah, word. What's more modern word? Is a turbine? Dilithium chamber. Yeah. Ooh, uh, dilithium, like dilithium chamber. That, That's yeah. medieval. Makes sense. Warp core. You go windmill. <laughs> you can, you could call it like the windmill. No. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. I like that. Hmm. That's pretty good. I'm gonna call it the engine until you make that be the other word. Okay. Just so I'm gonna let that marinate. What did Balanos say? Balanos explained <laughs> in very vague panel. terms about this other control panel and how. Um, you must be very careful to only use it in the there point in there? where the weave, uh, uh, where the weave between spaces is uh, uh, has um, has a has a shimmer to it. She described it as a shimmer, and that if you use it during a shimmer, you could use it to travel rapidly uh, across the world in incredible speeds by folding space itself and moving from one point to another, but you must be very careful about not using it in places where it is not meant to be used. You could use it in an emergency if you had to, but you might end up in a volcano. And she explains that, and when Grumbar pushes her for more explanation, she gives a bunch of vague bullshit explanation that doesn't make any sense, and that's the most you can get out of her. Okay. So now we look at the control panel. When you set off on the first day, anyone in the first couple days that mentioned it at all, Grumbar fairly aggressively shut it down and was like, I'm trying to concentrate on this new thing, which is the winds. No! In one ten day, ten, in a ten, a ten day, at the end of the 10 days. At the end of the 10, ten days, days. We can talk about that control panel. So what does that control ten panel ten look like? That control panel has. Oh, why'd you do that? Yeah, it's got. Just two levers. <laughs> you guys like it dark? It's got a charge lever like and a go that. lever. Dark and that's it. It's a charge and a go, and Balanos warned very explicitly multiple times about not using that. Until it's ready. Charge and go. Okay, I think I have a pretty good handle of the uh, of the, the compass game. rose. No wait, it's the lux. You called it the lux. You put a sign that says lux. I have a pretty good sense of the lux. That's what this what the wind direction thing is called because there's a sign on it. Works for me. He says. But what about the other thing? What so, Balano said that if we're in a spot where the weave is narrow, it can send us great distances by folding space. That's uh, what she said, and it makes no sense to me. I think Essen was talking about the weave. Hey, Essen, does that Essen. make sense to you? 
<laughs> I understand. <clears throat> I understand the words she's saying, but that doesn't make any sense to me. He says, the weave is stronger and weaker in all places, but what is weak? Where is it safe to use? I don't get it. I guess we could just message Balinos for more information. I suppose I could try, but conversations with her usually don't go well, and I don't know I, how well she'd limit herself to 25 words. That's true. I asked you for more clarification, and she said very confusing words. Well, we could just try and it. And many of those can words uh, Is there a way that we can sense where the weave is strong or narrow or wide? I must admit I don't know much about this weave. I've heard, overheard Essen talking about it and Mock seeing patterns and things, but... Mock's not there. He, this is, this, he's, not, he's absent for this conversation. Okay. Oh, Essen... I suspect that when Balano speaks of the weave, she's not speaking of the same thing that I see. So is there another weave? What's being woven? Wind? Magical energy? Divine energy? Something else? So she spoke of... She spoke of the connection between dimensions, the connections between the planar existence of our world. She says, it's something I've read about in books, but... I have too. I've heard there are blessings of Morden that allow a person to, to travel to other realms, other places, to travel to Dwarf Home, the home of Morden himself. Uh, so I, I've heard of the idea, but uh, the ability, or even the beyond the idea of it, I have no understanding. It's well beyond me. Perhaps something that we'll just have to keep an eye out for. But how will we keep an eye out for? We don't even know what it is. Perhaps in Hayamaskar we'll know more. Or they'll know more. Well, it'll be nice if we can get to Hayamaskar sooner. That's a quite a distance. As far as getting places in extremely fast speeds, it would be nice if we get there sooner. But I do admit some hesitation. So much of what Balanos has told us at face value has just been patently misleading. And exciting. Balanos will be a little bit disappointed if we don't try all the features of the balloon. Well, heaven forbid we disappoint her. But we don't want to wind up in that. What was the description she said? A shimmer? That's what she said. And when I asked for clarification, she just kept saying that word. That's how Balanos does it. Well, I suppose we can keep our eyes open for a shimmer. When she first taught me about my balloon, she kept saying the fuel was shitty, and it took me a while to realize what she meant. Greg, would casting identify on this control panel at all tell me any more information about it as a magic item? Uh... (laughs) Balanos. Could be worth a try. Okay, so he'll try that. Uh, I mean, every magic item and effect in this universe carries certain symbols and um, characteristics. He takes out his notes. He's going to look over this device um, and see if he can ascertain anything new about it using the identify spell, which takes 11 minutes. And I would say, too, like, along the lines of Drusa talking to Essen, there is this reliance on equipment. But like Mach, there's probably a really good natural feel for things, too. Right? Like, there's this... Drusa just connects innately with a lot of the things that he, like... Yeah. Tries to to examine. It's not all studious. 
Is there anything new that he discovers about it by studying its magical properties? Yeah, Jushin uh, takes a look at this, and um, <clears throat> Jushin finds uh, the disappointment that the, 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 he's analyzing it like a single piece here, but the magic of play is more than... The magic of play here is that this is just a... It's an apparatus that connects to a broader... A, 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 a broader mechanism in this entire thing. Maybe an apparatus larger than the mechanism. I don't know. And um, but he's able to suss out a little bit that there's a there's a there's a jolt of energy that this uh, that these levers produce. You know, he 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 looks at it first as the levers, then he goes down below into engineering, and he sees where these levers connect to, and they have this they connect to string. Again, that same string yeah. that uh, uh, that connects from the balloons into this wicker, the wicker sphere. There's also from these levers connecting to this sphere. And Drusen is starting to understand more and more as he's he's paid attention during the flying, right? He's interested in all of this stuff, and um, and he's seen more and more that there's these these threads are so much more than threads. They don't just convey. They, they don't they aren't just a conduit for the for the elemental to travel from inside the sphere to the balloon which is what a layman would surely see like you push the thing and suddenly like the energy the the, 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 the swirling tempest that's in here is now in the balloon so it went through the threads right mm. that's the easy thing to assume you like, like some sort of con- like conduction yeah but what Drusen is finding is that the string itself conveys with it uh, uh, an intent there's a there's a, a powerful arcane intent put into these strings and he realizes that some of the strings are they go this direction and some of the strings are the other direction and that there's an intention that is weaved into these and that the control panel up above somehow activates the intents in these things causing the intention of the of the wielder of the of the person who's using it to to sort of communicate through these threads and pull things through it is I mean, this is what in is ten it like days a coordinate of, um, system, like like oh, Kurt, like you get like a well, longitude, just, longitude. I'm more talking about like the, the, the even just yeah. moving with the winds. Right. Oh, right, right, right. This is what he sort of sussed sure, out sure. amongst the, the 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 easy the easier to understand mechanics. This other thing is similar, but there's a lot more. These threads that connect these other two levers to the wicker ball is way more intricate. He can. Uh, to any layman, it looks like just another thread that's connecting the thing, and, and and don't fuck it up, don't step on it, and don't don't uh, yeah, put, yeah. don't tie it in knots and don't kink it. Right, that's what Balanus said. But um, but he sees that there's this in these threads is a very complex, a very complex weaving of uh, of arcane intention, and this is not the kind of magic that that Drusen is used to looking at, right? When he's identified magic items before, which he has done now many, many times, he susses out the intention of the enchanter, the, the person that they really, at the end of the day, that's all that magic items are, is there's an intention. The wizard has put an intention into the sword such that it will be sharper, yeah. so to speak. And when the magic is functioning, that intention is followed. They say, be sharper, and then it is sharper. So or be clean, and it is clean. It's a realization of kind of a willpower. So there's an element of willpower. There's a, there's, a, there's a manifestation of willpower that sticks around. And Drusen is seeing that in these threads, but they are so much more complex, so much more delicate than anything he's seen before. 
Um, but not necessarily more powerful than Head Shaver, for example. Just such a different form of this art applied that um, he's seen, he's heard Essen talk about and explaining. It's just this this artificer, uh, it, it, to put to put a mechanical term to it. This artificer um, uh, thing is just so outside of Jason's normal like, understanding. If we're talking but, about weave. You can talk about it in terms of like a loom and weaving cloth. Like, is it a rough weave or is it a very finely woven piece of cloth with very intricate stitching? That being said. Drusen is able to discern a sort of understanding of the intention here with these two levers that Balanus explained, one to charge it and one to go. And the charge it is to pull energy from from everywhere around you. But when he, when she says everywhere, all she said was everywhere. When Drusen looks at this, he realizes that the magic is, is intending to pull energy from across planes of existence, something that Drusen is surely educated about, but has no practical experience with. Um, uh, nor does anyone in the group, I think. No, like, no, no not B- even close. Box doesn't even know theory on this. Right. He lives in the own, his own plane. Like, he's really... The fundamental mechanics of what Baron does could maybe be thought of as related to that, but it happens at a level that is well, well beyond Baron's understanding. Mock's exposure to other planes of existence is the most abstract. Somebody right. mentioned it in Literally, it's fairy tales that he hasn't thought about at all, at all. Yeah, perhaps if you hear the more, the more sort of a theoretical priests, the the, the, the priests that like to think about these sort of the things, of have mentioned, you know, when we bring the power of Moradin to us, it's so, trans, it, it's moving from one plane of existence to another, and con- we're the conduit through these. The evil like, of the nine the hells. Pe- the people that speak of that, it's like. Oh, you know, maybe interesting academically, but it's just not the, the average priest is just not concerned about it's it. It's never really been Baron's strong suit. It or doesn't his stop or help you in doing your work. So it pulls energy from different planes. So it pulls energy from different planes. While this other thread, this other thing, releases the energy and pushes, and 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 basically, it's a uh, it's like a. Cattle prod uh, to use a non-period uh, analogy. Let's see, what's a more period? Uh, analogy? Lightning. Uh, they used cattle prods back in the day. They weren't electric. They were just sharp sticks. Great. So it's a cattle prod, <laughs> which is also known as a sharp stick sticking in the ass of a horse. It's a prod. Um, and it's, a, uh, it's, a yeah, it's, it's like a cattle prod to this thing to basically spend that energy and propel forward. But this forward, that's where Drewston loses the thread. Like he's that. going this 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 propelling forward. It is that is where he's like doesn't understand the direction, doesn't understand the intention of this. So like clearly this charges and might even take some time. It's a slow charge, it's a safe charge of energy, and then the final is the release of energy, which would send you in the direction that they were pointing. He sees a connection between the compass rose. He can tell that definitely where the compass rose um, is sort of oriented, that's the direction that's gonna thrust this propulsion, but then he doesn't understand that next final step. So he comes up after examining this and says, and of course going into like his magic fugue state while he does that, he says, I seem to recognize the way that the the threads are woven. It's in a pattern that has to do with harvesting energy from other planes. Mm. And uh, upon harvesting that energy, it will send us further forward. But if Balanos wants us to try it out, then perhaps it's better to try it now than when we're halfway around the world. Well, we'd have to 
find such a place it could harvest the energy from? Well, theoretically, if it's other planes, we're amongst it now. But we'd have to find it. She's something about a shimmer or a spot where it's thin. I, or... But if we have no idea of that, perhaps we should just try it and see what happens. I mean, maybe I could... Might be able to ask Colin Moradin for a direction to go to find such a thing that might be possible. Divine guidance, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, and this is basically, I don't know if this sounds, I'm, I'm not sure if this sounds like a spell would work. Wheel of the Woe? Alright, alright. Wheel of the Woe! This is a fourth level spell, Divination. Whoa. Okay, let's hear it. What is this? So your magic toss, it's a spell component of 25 gold. Your magic and an offering put you in contact with a god or a god's servants. You ask a single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity to occur within seven days. Oh, we're doing the divination. The GM offers a truthful reply. The reply might be a short phrase, a cryptic rhyme, or an omen. Oh, a cryptic rhyme. I hope it's a cryptic rhyme. The spell doesn't take into account any possible circumstances that might change the outcome, such as casting of additional spells or the loss or gain of a companion. If you cast a spell, wait, 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 go back to say the loss of a companion. I want to hear that part again. The spell doesn't take into account. Any possible circumstances that might change the outcome, such as the casting of additional spells or the loss or gain of a companion. Understood. If you cast a spell two or more times before finishing your next long rest, there's a cumulative 25% chance for each casting after the first that you get a random reading. The GM makes this roll in secret. So could you Wait, what's ask? a random? I don't understand the random like, reading. Basically, if you keep asking during the same day, you're just going to start getting just... Nonsense results. Like you roll a D four oh, and you random, roll. Oh, you a roll random a reading meaning a misleading. Yeah. What do you, yeah. What are you planning on asking about? Uh, Did you the, hear the whole thing? So about this is where I'm not 100 percent sure. You sure. ask a single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity to occur within seven days. So can I ask something like, what direction should we travel to find a shiver? Like to from, find a from, place, from like a, a, a not a PC, but like from a what from a player position, like as Eric. I'm glad Sam is the guy who's like like interfacing yeah. with the gods on our behalf because all right, he, just, no, no, no. he has so much better handle on like phenomenal. we go to have the energy we need to test that? Yeah, like he's asking more and be like, where, where do we need to be to like make this fucking work? And it's, 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 really? it's genius. Yeah, is what it is. That is. What something. is the offering? Uh, more, than, gold. more than likes gold. Let's yeah. be honest. Let's be frank. He, he likes gold. It's shiny. He likes it. He made dwarves out of it once. It doesn't have time. to be cut into coin. It was just like a hunk of gold. Yeah, Jedi mind tricks don't work. What Only happens money. to the gold? Only money. It's like, uh, it's like cutting it into gold. Well, I mean, uh, Baron doesn't have the spell prepared today, okay. so he would have to go and uh, spend a day getting ready to do that because that's not usually well, one thing. It's the yeah, evening. So the next, so he spends the next morning and uh, uh, he he prepares this. Um and uh and then he Can I get a really brief I know we're going can I get a really brief like this is the first time he's ever divined with Moradin? Has he oh, seen his yeah, father do has he finally seen his father do that? We're gonna get the whole explanation of the spell in a moment here for sure. Please. Um No, he definitely has never cast this spell before, and I would say But he states to the group his intention. We're moving on to the next morning. Yeah, sorry, yeah. We can we can abstract the conversation that led to this being the next steps. But go ahead. Yeah. Um so he 
All right, he's going to the, to, to the ritual now. Yeah? Yeah. So this Go takes... Showtime. What's the casting time? One action plus ten minutes. So he's casting it as a ritual, because why not? <laughs> um, so it takes twenty. So he sits there, and he forms the question in his mind, uh, which is uh, Morden. Uh, Dear Morden. Uh, 25 words or less. Is it a simple question? This is what I was saying. Oh, oh, no. Thank thank you. Yeah, let's. The ship music has been amazing. I think this is. Is it going to be this one? No, it's not. Let's go with. This one might be good. Let me hear. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not a lot of fanfare and ser- incense and, you know, gongs and whatever. He just kind of gets himself comfortable and he enters kind of a, a sort of chanting thing of sort of singing, a, not, not exactly singing, but more like a rhythmic chanting of an ancient Like a Gregorian chant. A little bit like that. As he keeps the, the question in his mind, and uh, and this and the divine power within him slowly uh, builds and builds and builds, and he draws closer to, to his to his God uh, until it culminates in a in a in a moment. And the question in his mind, he it it, it just the time is right, and the energy is built until he is. Can bear no more. Does he? Does he shout it? Is it? Is it in his mind? Does he verbalize? Uh, he. It's in his mind while he is chanting. But when the moment comes to ask a question, he does verbalize it. And it's not a shout, and it's not a whisper. He just says it, much like you hear him say many of the other sort of just mundane <laughs> spells that he has. He is not much one for pomp and circumstance. Most people are not impressed and awed when they ask Baron for a, a divine service. There's, there's, there's a very small, there's, there's a very minimal level of stagecraft when it goes into no. like the execution. There are other, there are other clerics of Morden that who would definitely uh, who look better put on doing, a better show. Yeah, who, who look better doing lower power things. Yeah, no, he was not, it was part of the reason why he never really rose very high in the, yeah. in the ranks. Because ah. he doesn't, he doesn't put on a show. He doesn't bring seats and butt, your butts and seats. He doesn't have that oil vein charisma. Exactly. The oil vein charisma. Yeah. oil vein charisma. Just and like. so he, he asks Morden, it's like, Morden, uh, I seek, uh, I seek your guidance. Uh, I look for a, a, what has been described to me as a shimmer, a, a place where the space between the planes is thin. In what direction should I travel to find such a place? Why do you need it? Why do you say why you need it though? I need it to serve you better. I need it to remedy the stain that is my grandfather's legacy upon the dwarven people. Atone. What is the description of what you get from the spell? The description? The GM offers a truthful reply. The reply might be a short phrase, a cryptic rhyme, or an omen. Said it's from Morden or one of his servants. It is your magic and an offering put you in contact with a god or a god yep. servant. So while he's doing this, he has a 
pile of 25 gold coins, his own gold coins. And as the power builds in him, so does the light start to emanate from the coins. And when he asks the question, they just wink out. <laughs> they wink out. And they turn Baron into golden birds. Hears a voice in his head. I want to say the same voice. The voice of when you when you were in the spherical room long before, when you got the hammer of all souls, it, you heard it as a voice, right? Did That's I describe right, it as that? Yeah, you know, sure. read it. There was, it was text like was on the wall, but I think we also heard it like we heard it's like a. It was like it was not it was not dwarven. It was like a, it was like a celestial dwarven language. Yeah. And, and when you when you looked at it for a while, it sort of you heard it yeah. in your soul. And that's what you hear again. The same voice, clear as day. It cuts you. It says, Child, seek the Thardresk crypt. There, the weave is as you seek. <laughs> and we'll continue next week. Thardress <laughs> yeah! crypt. That's amazing. Ten thirty on the dot too. Since you guys are gonna look for well, it, it's right everyone. there on the map. Uh, Cute. Uh, and if there. it's a crit, it's right there. Truthfully, wonderful. So you guys are roughly like, you guys are roughly like here. Yeah. So, so just crypt is a little bit of actually a detour. It's literally in the opposite direction of Skyclave. It's to the east, or to the west instead of to the east, but not super far. Yeah. Just, just like a. Awesome. No, it was, it's just like a couple hundred miles. Yeah, okay. A couple days. M- m- not, not even a ten day. Sounds weird. No, no, no. Just uh, like like a day and a half travel back to the west. Um, yeah. Cute. And, and it's still a little bit south, which is good. Like it's not a complete opposite. How but, many but inches is sixty? Unfortunately, these the legend on this map does not match up to uh, normal units. But this it's is sort of completely arbitrary.